Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on April the 25th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me as always, I'd do anything to keep you alive. Caffeine rage, and I'm a little saddened that I'm not your partner in Tom. <laughs> well I guess done. I'll just have to settle for a partner in crime. Well done. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. We're going to spend a long time on our game club game, Life is Strange. Or it will seem like no time at all, you know, time changing and everything. Especially if you rewind. Uh, We will, of course, be discussing the next game club game. We'll have our weekly community corner and our weekly discovery queue. Rage, how are you this week? I'm doing all right. Uh, Had a... Well, uh, right after recording, had my back just decide, you know, you're not in enough pain right now. I'm just going to spasm for the next uh, 12 or so hours. And I think that's what caused me to have to uh, have a quick jump cut right at the end of the last episode because my back just started to spasm. You had to get up and go, go stretch or something? Yeah. Well, I'm very sorry that your back is hurting. I almost said cool, but that's not cool. That's a very generic response. Uh, you've been spending Not too cool. much time in high school. <laughs> I've spent, yeah. Yeah, it was hella cool. <laughs> I hate the word hella. I do too. It really grates on my nerves. But we will spend. Uh, a actually, great I don't have really. Uh, yeah, I don't encounter the word hella enough. I was more making a reference there. Ah. See, see, see what I did there? Well done. Well, obviously, it's difficult obviously, to tell on that one, though. Obviously, you didn't uh, see that one coming because you didn't comment on it. But No. It's difficult to tell, though, if that one was a reference <laughs> or if you were really saying, I don't like the word hella. And I, I personally don't like the word hella, so I'm like, yeah. I, I resonate I, with that sentiment. I'm completely indifferent because I don't encounter the word. Uh, let's put it this way. The first time I encountered the word was in South Park, and until this uh, game... I hadn't encountered it again unless people were specifically referencing South Park. But then again, I, I live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. So, yeah, yeah, that type of language doesn't filter through the mountains. It, yeah, it doesn't involve re- coal enough. Hey, it's a rare encounter for me, but I do occasionally hear it in in the wild. And I'm just like, why do you talk like that? But that's just a sign that I'm becoming an old man, and the evolving colloquialisms of the English language are starting to become lost on me, so. Hooray! Oh, to be fair, they were lost on me when I was a teenager. Yeah. Fair play. But then again, it was just a case of me not being cool to begin with. Yeah, I wasn't a cool kid either. I was a nerd. Nerd! Nerd! Nerds! <laughs> Well, I had a very boring week. Spent the whole week continuing to pack. Uh, we did actually officially close on the house today. We now own the new house. Signed my name, I don't know, 50 times. It's a lot. Have you ever bought a house before? No. No? Well, you sign your name a lot. Kind of sucks. But in oh, the see, end, there's a benefit a house, of renting. I just uh, signed my name a couple times. True. 
True. But in the end, they hand you a stack of paperwork that says you own this house and uh, you owe us this much money to be paid at some point in the future. Otherwise, you no longer own this house. Correct. So, But that was today, and then before that was mostly just packing and doing other things. So uh, I did not have time to play any games this week except Life is Strange for the Game Club. So let's just jam that segue down the throats of our listeners uh, or down their ear holes. So you're Rachel. completely skipping me <laughs> because you're uh, trying to segue directly to the Game Club? <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, I was going to say, so why don't you... Well, you Tell could have just uh, you, you could have segued nice and cleanly into the uh, games we played. Then I had your segue go directly into Game Club, but then again, that would be far, far too easy with you. Yeah, I don't do things like that. Yeah, you know, professionalism, uh, having coherent <laughs> segues. At this point, I just try and find the most <laughs> difficult, ham-fisted segues I can. So, good job, me, for doing that. Yay, you. So, speaking of uh, pieces of shit, (laughs) let's talk about the uh, game that I tried to play for my Sunday sampler, Ziltruck Rallycross. Oh, it's rare that I run into a a game that would have been a piece of shit 30 years ago, (laughs) but (laughs) here we are. Oh, this is a game that it feels like well, 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 let's put it this way. Big rigs over the truck, uh, uh, over the road racing. I'm, I'm sorry. You're no longer the biggest piece of shit out there because you at least have an excuse of being completely broken. That's hardcore criticism. Big rigs is terrible. Okay. Okay. I could uh, say, uh, I could give you one instance of why this game is worse. Well, first of all, this is a, a completed game, and they talk about it being, uh, hang on, where is it on the store page? Uh, a remaster of a previous game, which I, I couldn't find on Google, which t- tells you a lot. Uh, uh, however, only now have received a next-gen graphics engine to be presented only in the Steam version of this game. So, yeah, this game that looks like it's a refugee from about 1998 is next-gen graphics. I don't... Looking at it, I don't think it looks that bad, but it's uh, definitely the, like I said... The, the, we the world pre-gaming. looks at... Uh, the, the truck models are a little bit better. I would say 2003, 2004. Yeah, PS2 original. Okay, but, but, but why this game sucks so much is that the upgrade system makes absolutely no bearing on how well your truck performs in a race because the rubber banding this in this game is so atrocious if you stop in the race the trucks will go forward a little bit and then stop and in some cases actually fucking back up that's terrible I i saw this and I just sat down the controller and I stared at the screen. I was gobsmacked. How the fuck do you release a game where the trucks literally stop on the fucking racetrack when the player stops? 
Oh, that's terrible, but also hilarious. And on top of that, if for some reason you're ahead, because the rubber banding is so atrociously strong, if the game decides, okay, this truck should be ahead of you, they'll zoom past you like you're fucking setting still. It is astonishing. Yeah, that sucks. But it's not just that. That that would be um, one thing. But also, at times, the game decides, eh, you know, the transmission only needs first gear anyway. So you're stuck driving nine, ten kilometers an hour. Uh, That's terrible. Da- going downhill. And uh, it, it did this the first race I uh, was doing. I was, I was thinking, okay, maybe it's uh, simulating mud or you know, something. You know, you know, trying to act like we're, uh, you know, the trucks are in very deep mud or something. No, it's just the you know, transmissions got stuck for the first half of the first lap. And after that, you know, uh, the trucks behave perfectly normally or as normally as they could on this because the physics model is just absolutely atrocious. There was times that I would have my truck almost flip going around a corner for no apparent reason. And also, the AI trucks acted like they were glued to the racetrack and were uh, slot cars. You would hit them, and they would not budge, and you would slow down. (laughs) That's terrible. Hilarious. I'd love to watch, like, one, maybe, like, five-minute YouTube video of how bad it is, laugh at it, well, and then Well, let's just put it this it way. Forever. I would have to get a hardware uh, recording solution to be able to record this, because DX Tory looked at this and said, nope. OBS uh, completely black-screened on me, because it has better taste than this. <laughs> and did you I, just do a full screen capture with OBS, or did that not work either? I tried every mode at OBS, and it would not capture this game. And I'm Dang. confident I was playing this game because if I was having some sort of nightmare, even in my worst nightmares, I would have a better game than this. <laughs> oh, oh, and it's also it has one of those things that uh, the all the controller pr- uh, prompts, if you set up uh, gamepad controls, which are not standard, by the way, you have to set them all up manually because why the fuck not? It does the whole direct input, even though my controller... Yes, I realize my controller is a DualShock 4 controller, but it is emulating a, a Xbox controller. It does, okay, X-axis plus X-axis minus for turning left and right, button 1 to accelerate, button 2 to brake. <laughs> this, yeah... I wonder if there's any YouTube video. There's got to be. A yeah, YouTube there, video there is. There is a couple, but uh, they have to be paid shields. Did you watch them? Are they saying nice there, there, things? There was a couple that were saying nice things that I found just to uh, see what people were saying, and also there's uh, uh, reviews on the Steam Store page. It's 82 minutes into this game. I don't know how they survived 82 minutes because I think I'd be fucking cutting my wrist by that point. Just turn it on and let it sit in the menu. Or they went and parked on a racetrack. Uh, well, to be honest, if the transmission bugged out, you know, you're practically parking on the racetrack. 
Yeah, and this, and this game actually has no uh, character to it as well, because, okay, this is all old military Soviet trucks. Think spin tires. Only you yeah. know, a, a lot worse uh, on every front. And yes, that's including AI, by the way, because spin tires would have better AI. And yes, I realize spin tire doesn't have AI. It still has fucking better AI than this game. <laughs> oh, it, it's just one of those atrocious games I've ran into. This is Canada for my worst game of the year so far. And yes, I have been keeping up to date on what my po- uh, what my choice is on that, and it's between this one and another one so far. <laughs> yeah, I haven't run into anything truly terrible this year so far. Yeah, but I also play a lot more games than you, and I play a lot That's more true, indie games than you. Yeah, especially here lately. I'm sure I'll find. Something. Yeah, you're off doing adulting stuff, and here I am just being a, a crippled loser. I'd much rather be playing video games than doing adulting things. Tell you that for a fact. Man, and I have a good segue to go to Game Club now, but you have another <laughs> game. And you yeah. might not even be finished uh, uh, pooping all over think, this one. I think I'm finished with this one uh, because it's one of those things that if you want to pl- uh, yeah, drive uh, old Soviet military trucks, go get spin tires. Yes, it's more expensive, but trust me, <laughs> you would have a lot more fun with spin tires than you ever would with this, unless, you know, you uh, recently suffered a, a dramatic uh, head injury. Then maybe you would enjoy this game. I don't know. Even then, I think you would have to have some pretty severe brain damage, and by then, you may be losing motor control. I don't know. You could. I forget what it's called, but there's a condition that that uh or maybe it is a brain injury that keeps you from having forming new memories so you could play the game and as soon as you're the bare minimum like if your short-term memory like 15 20 seconds goes by you could completely forget it and so you could be excited to play it every time you played it because you would never remember that it was terrible yeah but then you would just uh take a polaroid and say never play this game and put it on your mind or like memento <laughs> And then you'd be like, why? And you play the game. It's like, oh, that's why. And then you'd forget. Then you uh, put a note on the uh, Polaroid. No, I mean it. <laughs> well, why did I mean it? Oh, fuck. You know, there's a, a special <laughs> type of hell. Constantly uh, replaying a terrible game. Wondering why it's so terrible. But let's go to uh, something that I used to uh, cleanse the palate. Saints Row 4. And... Don't remember Saints Row 4 being so grounded in reality, but you know, that opening White House secrets? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it feels like uh, a political, real political satire at this point. <laughs> you know, the white crib. Uh, talking yeah. about putting stripper poles in <laughs> the Lincoln bedroom. It's like, I could see this. Yeah, anything seems possible now. In a world where Donald Trump can become president, literally anything is possible. Chase after your dreams, kids. I mean, <laughs> going through the opening sequence and, ha- and signing the fuck cancer bill, it's like, and then then I had that moment like, wait a minute, this definitely uh, uh, isn't reality. I just signed a bill. <laughs> a bill that would help mankind. No, just literally a bill at this point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. Oh, but Saints Row 4. This is a game that I played ages ago, and I, I, I don't know why I had this game, actually, because I don't own this game on Steam, and I got this on the GOG Connect. Uh, it popped up whenever I was uh, redeeming Saints Row 3 and later got out of hell because I picked that up. And it's okay. I, I guess it sees me beating Saints Row 4 and uh, gave me that. Okay. Uh, not going to uh, really complain about that, so I decided to play it, uh, especially after yeah being some something fun and not wanting to drive anything after Zill Trucks. Yeah, I, I will say Sanctuary Four is probably my favorite superhero game. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's making fun of uh, actually a lot of uh, Mass Effect. Uh, I would say probably two. Uh, because I think this came out before Mass Effect 3. Otherwise, there would be a lot of, you know, uh, p- uh, random choices that would just alter the color of things, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Saints Row is a lot of a, a lot smarter of a game than I think a lot of people give it credit. It's goofy as hell, but it's a, a lot smarter as well. Uh, you know, all the little references, all the, uh, goofy things. There's just all these little chunks that it's like, huh, that's actually uh, kind of neat, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know you haven't played Century 4, but it's it's popped up in in Century 3 as well, which I think you have played. Yeah, I've beaten Century 3. Grand Century 3, I think is, uh, it's a little less goofy, but it's also less grounded in reality, (laughs) as strange as that sounds. Because yeah. it, it, uh, Saints Four is essentially a superhero fantasy. And after the first half hour, 45 minutes, you literally don't have to get in a car again unless you really want to. Because by that point, you have super speed. And then within the next two hours, you've unlocked unlimited sprint, which is, you know, you basically become the Flash. Can't you fly? Or is that get out of hell uh, where you can fly? That, that, that's later. Okay. Later on, you get the ability to fly, but uh, right now I have super jump, a uh, blast power, uh, super speed, uh, the ability to glide, and uh, telekinesis. Okay. But just going through it, it's I, I see so many things. It's oh, you would love this. <laughs> yeah, just seeing all the goofy outfits. Uh, I think yeah, I think you would spend hours just trying on goofy outfits. Uh, yeah, I do that in Saints Row. Th- uh, two and three as well. I yeah. mean, I usually always just settle on like the kind of classic mobster pinstripe suit, mm-hmm. but I still like run around and try all the crazy stuff because it's fun. Well, last time I played Sanctuary three with a friend, of uh, my uh, go to outfit was a bathrobe and polka dot shorts. Nice. <laughs> and the uh, shorts were uh, compromised, by the way. Because before it was just the open bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know why I've never bought Saints Row Four. I'm a huge fan of the Saints Row series. They're fun and silly and actually pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, and they get better at that the farther they go, at least in the games that I've played. Because I played one, two, and three. Um. 
and each you know they, they get a little more over the top but also they get a little bit smarter with their satire and things so yeah i haven't played get out of hell yet that's what i picked up in the sale uh, to get the GOG connect on it because by that point I realized it gave me uh, Saints Row 4 so I may as well complete the series and maybe yeah. it's a bit of a jerk move on my part for not picking up Saints Row 4 at that point when I realized it was giving me Saints Row 4 but yeah, it's, it was a couple bucks yeah I haven't played Get Out of Hell either but I have seen the Satan musical dance scene I haven't seen it yet but I've heard about it a number of times it's I've great. heard there's a lot of musical numbers on it. Yeah. And Next time it goes on sale, I think I'm going to buy it now. I think I'm going to bump it to the top of my list. Yeah, and that was also something that we could play co-op, because I have two through Gaia Hell now. And I don't think one actually has uh, full co-op. I don't think it does either. Although Saints Row 1, honestly, is the the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's not a bad game, but Saints Row 1 was just trying to be over-the-top Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, which... And for the time, it was great, but at this point, it's very dated. Yeah, which... uh, It's kind of funny how uh, the two series have kind of just gone so far away from one another, because GTA... uh, Well, 4, I haven't played 5 yet. It's on my list of things to do when it comes cheap enough, which... Which, how they're making money on uh, Saints Row on, or sorry, not Saints Row, uh, on uh, GTA Online, I highly doubt it'll ever be cheap, uh, so I may just have to bite the bullet at some point. But, yeah, uh, Saints Row 4 versus GTA 4, two very, very different games. (laughs) Yeah, Grand Theft Auto continues to try and be more and more serious. And honestly, I think they are losing out when they're getting more serious. Granted, GTA did get a little bit more goofy with the Ballad of Gay Tony. It felt like the old uh, GTA 3 trilogy. You know, the, the GTA 3, uh, San, uh, San Andreas, and Vice City, that trilogy. It had that deal yeah. to it for a couple of missions, but it wasn't throughout. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 5, I, I haven't played it either, but I have seen a lot of stuff about GTA 5. I mean, unless you actively avoid it, it's pretty hard not to. Well, I, uh, and they I actually have... just have it cared and I haven't gotten any spoilers on it. Fair enough. There are some things in the game that I've seen that go back to the older feel, but by and large, it still continues to be a very serious game. Or trying to be a very serious game. They're trying to have their hookers and beat them too. <laughs> and silence. <laughs> I was just waiting like... Where's the response to that? Did that joke land or did it not? Oh, it landed. Excellent. Flat on its face. I don't care. It's good enough. I was really proud of it. Yeah, but see, then they would just be getting back their own money and not taking everyone else's. Yeah, but free sex, right? Yeah, true. Uh, but, yeah. Definitely going to pick up Saints Row 4 next time it's on sale. I don't know if I'll get get out of hell unless it's cheap enough at the time. Well, it's also... uh, uh, It also goes very cheap. I got it for three bucks and some change. Yeah. Looks like Saints Row 4 is just as normal price as 15 bucks. Yeah, it looks like... 20 bucks for the Game of the Century uh, edition. Yeah, it was just like a uh, 24-hour deal. does look like uh, Batman's on sale again, though. 
Uh, sorry, I was just, I went to the Steam store uh, front page and saw uh, this massive uh, Batman <laughs> staring at me. Oh, the Arkham franchise, 75% off? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I didn't even check out the games on sale this week. Maybe I should later. But not right now. Oh, uh, because we have to go to high school. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, uh, strap in, folks. This is going to be a long one. Yeah, so Life is Strange is this week's or this month's game club. And obviously, massive spoilers ahead. What we're going to do is we have a few very general questions, uh, or not questions, but a few very general topics to discuss up front on the non-spoilery aspects of the game. Once we get through those questions, um, or those little topics, then we're going to go through the game episode by episode. We're going to be discussing massive story spoilers. And we're also going to do our different decisions as well. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be going through the different choices that we made, so... Ye have been warned. Uh, we'll give a an additional notice whenever we get through with our general topics. And we did receive one uh, letter about this. We're going to put it at the end. Uh, Are you going to read it again uh, like last time? Yeah. Or we had a like text letter? Time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll read it just like last time and then stick it at after we get done talking. So <clears throat> uh, we can also comment on it. Uh, we're not going to worry about reading it right now. I'll do that later. But we can comment on it at the end if you'd like, Rage. All right. We'll see how much we say versus what Jim said. Probably we're going to cover everything, but who knows. All right. So the first question or the first topic for Life is Strange that I'm just going to go in the order that I've got them listed here in the show notes, Rage, okay? All right. Uh, the first one is the art style. How do you feel about the art style in Life is Strange? Uh, I think overall it it's done very well. There's... Uh, it's really hard to describe without, uh, yeah, just having someone look at some of the video on it. It almost feels like it's illustration at times. With, yeah. Uh, with the, uh, more simplistic textures. Yeah. I, I think it's gorgeous. And it changes too from situation to situation. And there are changes in certain episodes to reflect, uh, the tone of what's going on or the style of what's going on. I mean, you know, yeah, and they spoilers, do. but it does change frequently to sort of match what's going on. And I mean, the game is about an artist. I mean, she's a, she's a photographer. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, and so it explores a bunch of different art styles throughout. Yeah. And they also do a really good job of uh, soft lighting in this game uh, that uh, kind of blurs the edges a, a really well. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And uh, the backgrounds as well will I don't tilt shift. The, yeah, that's yeah. The backgrounds a lot of times will tilt shift to give different perspectives whenever you're talking to someone, or just staring at an object in general. Or there will be certain times where you could sit down and just observe the scene, and it'll uh, uh, do a shift of focus, uh, a, a focal shift uh, on different aspects as she's looking around and making comments about uh, the scene or what she's thinking at the time. Yeah. I'm not sure if you did any of those uh, little sequences, but I did uh, every all time, of them. yeah, every time I, it came up, unless I missed one. Yeah, well, yeah, I could have missed one, but every time I found one, I would sit there and wait for it to cycle through all the dialogue. Yeah, and some of them go on for a long time. Yeah, really. I didn't care. It was great. So yeah, the, the game is gorgeous. Uh, I can't really think of any time where the game was ugly. Uh, there was a couple um, times I noticed. Uh, well, it may just be the style, but. 
kind of a muddy texture, particularly on a couple of boxes that they would uh, uh, draw attention to. Uh, a photo box uh, in episode one or two, for example, uh, whenever uh, I think it was Max bending down into uh, to pick up something out of it, it was a very very blurred texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one of those that maybe that's uh, just the style, you know, not quite clicking there, and not just it being a bad texture. So it's very hard to tell at that point. But there was a couple other times, and also. Some of the models were very simplistic, particularly on the squirrels, who were probably yeah. the worst, were the worst offender. The squirrels yeah. and the rabbit were very, very simplistic models. The rabbit. Kate's rabbit? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, well considering they, it's, uh, you, uh, well, uh, it's a decision later on, but it's, you have a, a, a attention drawn to it, and it's also an optional photo, which that's getting into some of the unlocks that you could do later on, which we'll probably have to discuss, but that is, yeah. uh, that, um, I think that's going to be more in a, the, in a later general topic. Uh, it's drawing attention to these rather lackluster models, and texture work can make up for a lot of very basic model work, but when you're drawing attention to something that has a very hard point, it's hard to really ignore that. So that is something that they could have spent a little bit more time on, but they did a really good job on human models. They did a really good job on most of the environmental work. Uh, like I said, there was a couple uh, odd textures here and there, but nothing really egregious. Yeah. Speaking of human models, how did you feel about the human models that they used for the background in the party scene in Chapter 4? I didn't pay that much attention to them, but uh, I didn't notice anything wrong. It was interesting. They were really surrealist, almost cubist-style models. And I sat and watched them for a long time thinking to myself, like, I don't know if this is, like you were saying, like, I don't know if this is a deliberate stylistic choice or if they were trying to save, you know, uh, using some poor textures. Well, I do have some comments later on about uh, uh, what feels like... uh, cutting corners but that's later okay okay um what about the art or not the art the not the artwork her journal uh Uh, fit into quite a few general categories but i'm just gonna bring it up here yeah Um, uh, because it is an art style choice as well i liked her journal i i don't think i read the last couple pages just because it was right at the end of the game Uh, but i read pretty much all of it and there was a lot of uh, thoughts there that weren't apparent in the game itself that uh, it really punishes people that just were blazing through the game but this game also deliberately punishes people that are not taking their time kind of ironically enough yeah and uh, also I did like that the journal changed uh, uh, I'm not going to say why it changed at certain points but it does change at certain points yeah, or I did... also really like the journal. I like the way that it looks and the way that it was used as the menu. Uh, mm-hmm. All the menus for the games, except for like just the general pause menu. Um, but I, I like the journal, the style of it. I didn't read all of it. I read most of it, uh, I think, unless I missed some stuff like oh, when did, it changed. Did you, but... uh, did you catch when it uh, cha- uh, uh, really changed? Hang on, let me give you a... Uh, let's see. I have to find my screenshots uh, folder, or uh, maybe I could just uh, drag and drop this. Hang on. Did you catch this? Uh, it's opening. There we go. Oh no, I missed that. 
what chapter was that in? Five. Okay, I didn't look at it in chapter five. I was just rushing trying to finish last night because I knew I had a big day. Well, I wasn't exactly rushing, but I wasn't paying quite as much attention to all the other things that I normally do or had had been doing because I was like, it's one in the morning and I have to play this other chapter before bed. (laughs) Yeah, I played chapter five this morning uh, and then uh, got some rest before recording this today. But yeah, I caught that and wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and it's not just at that point, but uh, at other points, the the journal changes rather drastically, which we'll talk about in the individual uh, chapters themselves. Yeah. It's uh, a really interesting uh, way to, uh, to talk, uh, to show how the uh, story is progressing and given a, a way to catch up on the story if you're coming back to it and not playing through it over the course of a weekend. Which, yeah. uh, which you have to remember that this was an episodic game that was released over the course of, I think, the better part of a year because they had some delays on some of the chapters. So it's one of those things that they need to have some sort of built-in uh, catch-up mechanic. And yes, they had it as well with the uh, at the beginning of each chapter after chapter one, uh, having previously on Life is Strange. Uh, a matter of fact, uh, uh, and I'm going to draw a couple parallels to it because it felt somewhat similar in tone. To Alan Wake, did you, was I the only one yes. that thought that? No, I thought that. I was going to talk about that later at specific points when I felt that way. But yes, it very much reminded me of Alan Wake. Uh, I just I got that vibe several times throughout the game. Like I feel like this is drawing inspiration from Alan Wake. And I mean, I don't know if it did or not, but it it very well may have. Well, Alan Wake is also technically an episodic game, only it was released in one chunk. But it's the same basic idea. Yeah. And it has a a lot of total similarities. Actually, I would say more American Nightmare uh, than this uh, for uh, the mechanics, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, well, I feel like it has a lot of the same similar uh, tonal shifts as well. I mean, Alan Wake does go back and forth, particularly in the early game, between some fun, lighthearted stuff to the... The The lime and the coconut? Yeah, yeah, and and Life is Strange has that aspect as well. So I, I was also drawing those parallels and meant to mention it. I was going to mention it a little bit later on in specific episodes, but uh, w- when I felt like it was happening. But well, at least no, I'm not, I, I know I'm totally not crazy. Or maybe I am and we're just crazy together. That could very well be possible. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have to say about the art style before I I will say that the cutscenes uh, were very well done overall. There were some technical problems, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Yeah. Per- uh, well, oh, sorry. Well, sorry. well, well, I'll just say uh, the uh, the art style they did they paid a lot of attention to how a artist would capture things in their cutscenes. They did an amazing job with that. Yes, the, particularly the cutscene to end every episode. Except for maybe episode four. Um, yeah, but, but that was more of a wham moment than anything else. Yeah. Which yeah, we'll yeah. get we'll to We'll talk about that bit. later. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the ending episode cutscenes were gorgeous. I Like the episode two and episode three. Mm-hmm. Cut, I, honestly, all of them were gorgeous. 
all of them. I have specific things that I loved about each of them. Uh, and those were the moments that usually made me cry. Yeah, there were I'm... some other parts that, that also made me misty-eyed, but particularly I was either struck by the beauty of it or just the impact of what was happening story-wise that was revol- resolving in that yeah, scene. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I haven't done it yet, but I am planning on going back with the developer commentary turned on because there is a DLC yes. for that. I, I want to do that too, and I have the DLC for that, so... Yeah, thankfully that's a free DLC. Yeah. Okay. All what right, about so- the music and soundtrack of the game? I guess I just put music, but mostly... Well, I guess it's just the soundtrack. Well, I guess we could uh, throw in voice acting in that. Sure. Well, I'll change it to say audio for the for show notes. Yeah, purposes. I think uh, most of uh, the... Uh, the voice work was done pretty well. There was a couple uh, actors that they felt very flat. They didn't, uh, it felt like almost uh, their audio wasn't cleaned up nearly that well. Alyssa. Uh, I was about to say uh, uh, Alyssa. I think uh, there were two characters. I think it was, it might've been Alyssa and Kate or Alyssa and Dana. I felt like they were the same voice actor or actress and when they did Alyssa, they just kind of gritted their teeth and talked like this. Yeah, Alyssa sounded like she was angry all the time and was uh, gritting her teeth. And uh, it didn't come across that her character would do that, uh, especially with her model. Yeah. Uh, maybe um, a different voice actress would have done that a little bit differently. Uh, it, Alyssa uh, sounded like she uh, uh, she was very monotone and was gritting her teeth. And Yeah. Yeah. In, I would agree with you. In general, I think the voice work was excellent, which was a huge selling point for this game. Because obviously, if it's just unbearable, then it you know yeah it just becomes funny and stupid, and all of the serious moments in the game lose their impact. So, a plus for audio work. Um, uh, yeah, I would give it Alyssa, an A. I, I wouldn't give it an A plus just because of Alyssa and a couple of uh, I, maybe it was Kate. I, I can't recall. There was. Other little moments. Uh, there was also a couple points where the game would uh, play a lot of uh, audio, uh, uh, audio, uh, well, uh, a lot of voice work all at once. Uh, yeah, and uh, the subtitles couldn't keep up with that. So, but that's yeah. more of a technical aspect. Speaking of which, well, I was. We haven't talked about the soundtrack yet. Yeah, soundtrack. Um, I love the soundtrack. I'm listening to it right now. Yeah, the uh, soundtrack was, uh, uh, was one of those that I I don't typically listen to this type of music. Yeah, but it, 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 uh, it really fits the mood of it, especially uh, yeah. Listen uh, to Max uh, play along with her guitar. Yeah, it makes a yeah. lot of sense that she would listen to this type of music. And yeah, I did it's that one too. of those moments that you know she puts in her earbuds and walks down the hallway in the opening uh, cutscene. Man, uh, that was. I loved that, and I'll talk about the specific impact of that when when we do episode one, but I loved that scene so much. Yeah, it was a great introduction. Yeah, and for me, that kind of set the, the tone. Uh-huh. Tone, audio, uh, uh, for the music. For sorry, the the insert game. groan here. I don't feel, you know, sometimes games, soundtrack is incredibly important. Yeah, and audio it's also, really needs to yeah, it's one of those that, uh, uh, a good soundtrack could almost blend in and become invisible. And that's what I felt like this did, honestly, most of the time. Uh, I, I didn't feel like any of the soundtrack was jarring uh, or that didn't fit properly, but occasionally I would go, you know, this soundtrack has been on loop for a little bit because I'm taking a little while to get through this scene. 
um, or yeah, know, I didn't, this might be better to have silence. Yeah, I didn't encounter that, but then again, I was more focusing on the uh, voice work than anything else. Yeah. Uh, usually, uh, whenever I really pay attention to audio track is whenever something either is re- exceptionally good, exceptionally bad, or if I'm doing a visual novel, and you know, then I start listening for the loops. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, overall, I really like the soundtrack. Yeah, like I liked I said, it, and it, it, right it was one of those that it blended in so well that it uh, becomes, well, uh, the background. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that covers it for me. Okay. Until we get, once again, to the specific moments later on. Yeah. Technical aspects. I have a couple bugbears with this. Yep. Uh, this game has got probably the worst um, lip syncing that I've seen in a game in the better part of a decade, probably. It's bad. I'm sure I it's can come up with bad. the worst, but... Uh, 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 the thing is that I had a few times where it would break and it was difficult to tell if Max was doing her internal monologue because usually when she does the internal monologue, there's a slight reverb, but not much. Yeah. And if there's any uh, background noise going on at all, it's, uh, you know, it's really difficult to pick that up. Yeah. I had that bug happen as well. And also there's a one point in the game where the, there's a, a major shift in the art style and the the audio style and everything, and it's really hard to tell if they're deliberately not moving their mouths to match the new style or if it was a glitch. Um, but I did have the mouth not moving glitch every once in a while anyways outside of that moment. Yeah, so. I was, yeah at first I, I couldn't tell what was going on. I was, I was looking at the scene like, there's something wrong here. And then when it uh, shifted uh, to the other person talking, and I, uh, yeah, I didn't see their mouth move, but I still heard their audio lines. Oh, the lip sync's broken. And yeah. this happened particularly towards the end of episode four, but mostly in episode five for me. Yeah, I and agree. I and I think it comes down to the game being rushed uh, because they were having some. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they were having some uh, time issues. <laughs> uh, see what I did there? <laughs> see. I see what you did there. Uh, one of the other issues that I had was that the and this might have been better with a controller because it plastered yeah, everywhere. I, 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 yeah, I played play the this entire game with a controller. Game yeah, I played my, uh, the entire thing with the controller. Oh, you did? Okay, and it was still finicky for you because I played keyboard and mouse. Yeah, I, it was still a bit finicky for me even though I did have more control. Uh, particularly some interactions were uh, very difficult to get exactly right. And then there was a couple of yeah. photos that I just didn't get because I saw that there was something there and I couldn't find the exact point that they wanted to be a stand to be able to take the photo. Yep. I had that too, particularly with animals and things that would move. Um, it was almost like you had a window and you had to find the perfect time to do it. And I didn't want to sit there and keep rewinding to put myself in the right spot and hit it at the right time. Yeah. It's one of those things that, it just, there's really no reason for it to be that touchy. Yeah. And there was a couple times I was trying to talk to people and I would walk up to them and I wouldn't be able to talk to them. I step back a couple of steps, can't talk to them. Step forward one step, oh, now I can talk to you. Yeah. And when that's or, a, a story, a, a critical moment, yeah. Yeah, or certain objects have that as well. It's like, if I take two steps back, I can only look at this object. If I take one step forward, it gives me another interaction. If I take another step forward, it gives me a different interaction. And those moments are few and far between. Very few things have more than like one or two different interactions from them. 
But it would happen sometimes. And it's like, well, crap. This is dumb. But those moments, like I said, were pretty few and far in between. And the I'm not as much as a, of a technical guy as you, so I don't know how much it bugged you, but I pretty quickly was like, eh, it's whatever. Uh, I'm it, loving this game so much, it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, it really bugged me, particularly when it was a story-critical moment. And it's one of those that... Uh, okay, I, I need to go uh, uh, find... Well, find Chloe. I mean, we may as well say character names. Yeah. Uh, I really need to talk to Chloe right now. I'm trying to talk to Chloe. She's standing right in fucking front of you. (laughs) So, uh, one... uh, That's not really a technical aspect. I think it's more of a general dislike, so I'll save this for the, the next topic. But I don't think I have any more technical issues. I mean, the game ran fine for me. Uh, I didn't have any, it didn't crash. I think that this game would run on a potato. And the art style being much more prevalent than just general graphical horsepower, I feel like that if you needed to turn your settings down, you wouldn't notice too much of a difference overall. But yeah, I think that's that to confirm it. Yeah, I think most of what the uh, turning settings down would probably turn down uh, the lighting effects. And also, <clears throat> yeah. one other technical aspect that I had uh, issues with was uh, occasionally the game would just, uh, it would like hang for just a split second oh right yeah going into yep. a cutscene particularly this once again happened more towards chapter four and chapter five which leads me to some uh, thoughts about chapter five later on uh where the game would just go black screen for a half second a second going into a cutscene yeah i also experienced that um and there was a couple times i would hear the same voice line either said twice or kind of stuttered because the game was catching up yeah i experienced that once or twice um but it it was very far apart so well that was mostly towards the very end of uh, chapter five but then again maybe you could uh tie that into the storyline spoilers (laughs) yeah okay uh, any general sort of likes or dislikes that don't really fit into the three categories that we've uh, mentioned before already? The cast, just in general. Uh, it's yes, done, it's done definitely. very well. There's a lot of... Uh, di- I hate using the term diversity because that is one of those terms that's kind of bandied about and almost bastardized at this point. Yeah. But you uh, had uh, you know, the characters that you're supposed to like and the characters you're supposed to dislike... Uh, you had very believable characters. Yep, definitely. And uh, Max, uh, going into this, I was afraid it was going to be, hello, fellow, fellow children. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it wasn't. No. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying about the cast. I love the cast. I feel like all the characters are incredibly believable. Um... I feel like they do a really good job developing characters as well. Uh, oftentimes in any medium, uh, you'll get maybe one or two characters that develop, uh, you know, have a full character arc, and then everybody else is just kind of window dressing. But I felt like there were quite a few characters that developed a lot. Yeah, particularly uh, depending on your choices with them, which yes. uh, felt a lot more natural than, uh, let's just... Uh, Throw uh, Telltale under the bus. It felt a lot more natural than any Telltale game I played. Yeah, and we're we're almost to that point because that's the next topic. But um, yeah, I just 
I, I loved how this game was so serious. Like, I mean, it had funny moments too, and I'm not saying that the entire game was like just like a hardline serious game, but every one of the major decisions that it gives you, and even a lot of the minor ones too, have interesting, believable, serious consequences, you know, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. Um, and it does a really, really good job making you feel like, hey, what I did just mattered. Yeah, the fact that you could uh, uh, kill your plant by not watering it or overwatering it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and really, anything else that I have to say here, I think, is getting very much into spoilers, spoiler territory. So, I think I'll I'll wrap this one there. Uh, but well, since yeah, we so mentioned saying, uh, Telltale, yep. How does this game compare to Telltale games? Blown because- out of the fucking water. Oh, yeah. This is better than any Telltale game I've ever played. Well, um, there was an article going around uh, this last week, which I'm not going to add to show notes because it's mostly just uh, t- uh, talking about what I think a lot of people are saying about Telltale is that they're being held back by their engine that they've reused since Walking Dead Season 1. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of just coasting along on their licensing deals. Yep. And this feels a lot more heartfelt than really any Telltale game <laughs> has. Yeah, Telltale games in general have pretty good writing, uh, at least in my opinion. But when it comes to, you know, they, they suffer from what I was just saying. Like, they'll de- put the good writing into one or two, or in the case of, like, the Game of Thrones Telltale game, uh, the the main three characters. But beyond that, all the other characters are fairly static or... You know, they get, like, some token character development. But Life is Strange really put in the time and the effort to develop the story, to really develop these characters and and make the story come alive. Uh, I love the fact, too, that Life is Strange has zero quick time events. There's maybe one or two activities that are, that or one or two things in the game you have to to do just at the right time, but they're not QTEs. It's just like, when do I perform this action? Yeah, yeah, the, the annoying one... Well, there's one in Chapter 5, which I uh, can't really say anything else yeah, about. Yeah, no, now. I know which one you're talking about. Though. And and also, uh, a couple times during the game, uh, there was a stealth section. Yeah. But the, the stealth sections are very, very short, except for the one in Chapter 5. Yeah. But the couple of times where you have to be stealthy are, are short. And one of the times you have to be stealthy is, is part of the, like the story dialogue interaction as opposed to just walking around. But... Again, that's nearing close to episode talk, and we're not quite there yet. So um, I think the game looks better than a Telltale game, and that's because the Telltale engine is so old. That's their main problem there. Yeah, uh, yeah, Telltale is being... the tech they're using. Yeah, Telltale is being limited by the tech that they're using, and they're coasting along just saying, okay, well, here is the same engine, but we're just going to put Guardians of the Universe in it instead, or we're going to put Batman in it, or we're going to put Game of Thrones in it. And yes, they uh, can sell games like that because, you know, people that want a Batman story will get the Batman game. The people that want the Games of Thrones story will get the Game of Thrones. People that want Walking Dead will get Walking Dead. People that want Sam and Max are early and completely screwed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason at this point that I buy Telltale games. The the original Walking Dead Telltale game um, was great and I loved it. And I had the same sort of feelings of impact from that story that I do for Life is Strange. 
But Telltale at this point is formulaic. And it's just, okay, we're going to go through the motions. And, and, and well, here's my problem with Telltale. Plug in whichever, whichever franchise you want and buy that one. Well, here's my problem with Telltale is that Telltale felt like my decisions never mattered. Yeah. Life is strange. They don't matter to a degree. There's some things that, and this is going to be an episodic talk, mostly, uh, that do matter, that don't matter. But it's a lot more dynamic. There's a lot more individual states. As a matter of fact, when you look at the choice list after every episode... There's some of these that have uh, three or four choices that could have happened. And some yeah. of them uh, require some a lot more uh, specific uh, interactions to happen. But the fact that, okay, you had four things that could happen in this one uh, section. And that uh, really changed things. And mm-hmm. even though the game does seem to follow about the same storyline, no matter what, it's the dressing. That changes. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've we've joked about this and we've hinted at it. I don't think we've actually said uh, the main mechanic that sets this game apart is that the main character can travel back in time. Uh, so I think that that gameplay mechanic necessitates that they make your choices matter a bit more. Because obviously, players are going to, most players are going to rewind and retry scenarios and try to come up with different outcomes and attempt to do what they think is going to be the best thing. Yeah, which makes a certain uh, sequence all the more impactful later on, but that's episode talk. Yes, I actually just, like, you mentioned that, and I thought of it, and I got chills. Like, oh, man, so good. So good. Um, All the feels, but... Yeah, this is way better than anything Telltale has ever done by, uh, um, you know, leaps and bounds. Um. In all aspects, technical aspects, the design, voice acting even. I think the only Telltale game that really matches up with voice acting is Game of Thrones. And that's because they got the actual voice actors from the show. And that's kind of cheating. Yeah. I mean, Peter <laughs> Dinklage doing anything but Dinklebot from Destiny is is cheating. Yeah, so. but then again, Bungie was stupid to have him do monotone. Yeah, they were. That was their fault. That's just a waste of money. Yeah, it's a waste of perfectly awesome talent. I love Peter Dinklage. He's Peter so cute. Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> what, you uh, never heard the Game of Thrones? No, uh, I have. I have. That's why I was laughing. Um, okay. So the final question, if you have nothing else to say, uh, at least on this one, is <laughs> our overall sort of general... Th- I, I put this wrong. I said overall recommendations, but really I think it should be overall thoughts and do we recommend it? Yeah, I think I recommend it overall. Uh, I do have some problems uh, uh, with some aspects of it, but that's me being me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, yeah I, I think I enjoyed it pretty much. It, it actually kind of reminded me of an anime I watched not too long ago. <laughs> I had, as a matter of fact, it had the butterfly motif in it as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I love this game. I have been and, tweeting about it all weekend it's made me feel so many different things and it i mean i've been so excited to do this tonight to to talk about this game in depth like i i was like shaking like oh i'm so excited earlier so you could only be so erect uh, yes 
I wholeheartedly and recommend I, this game. I, I, and I think I should say that the anime that I do suggest, if you uh, enjoyed uh, this game, you may uh, want to check out Erased. Oh, I've seen. I think I've seen an episode of that. I've definitely have seen like a a trailer or something about it. it. It has the same idea of going back in time to fix up uh, well uh, mistakes. Yeah. Um, uh, granted, it is a lot younger children though. It's uh, grade school instead of of high school. Well, high school, but uh, it's there's a couple moments in there that you will cry like a baby. I I cried like a baby at several moments in this game. I I think it'll call cause you to cry even harder. I'll have to check that out later. But yes, I wholeheartedly recommend this game to anybody who even remotely likes the Telltale games, and then people who don't. There, it's way better than Telltale game. It's different than. Any I Telltale will say, if you don't like uh, Telltale games, pick this up on sale. Yeah, uh, the only thing that I would caution, and this is a tiny. Sp- spoiler um if you've experienced how can i say this without being as spoiler as possible if you're too experienced to time travel uh, stories you may not enjoy this as much no that's not what i was gonna say if you okay so just spoiler for like 50 because i can't say this without spoiling it okay if Spoiler for like the next 15 seconds. If you personally have ever dealt with suicide or sexual abuse or even physical abuse, this game is tough because it does not turn away from that. Yeah, it could. So if you fall into that category, be very careful. But otherwise... Yeah, which uh, actually that's a little bit of a bugbear with me on uh, on this game Uh, maybe i should have thrown this into the uh, general likes and dislikes now that i really think about it is they actually back away from uh, some of the aspects uh, some of the darker aspects when they were getting dark uh specifically saying that the girls well since we're in spoiler uh, territory anyway uh, that the girls were uh, after being abducted except for the couple uh, were not physically or sexually harmed. They specifically said that in the journal. Yes, the sequences are rapey as hell, but they specifically say that they were not sexually harmed, which feels yeah. uh, very, yeah, coming up to the edge, then backing away. I got, I got that feeling. I, got, I actually got that from, and I called him Mr. Jefferson earlier, but. No, no that is his name. You called oh, him Mr. Jeffers. Okay. Uh, you're right. You're right, Mr. J- yeah. Whatever. I got that feeling <laughs> from his character that he was so concerned with the purity of his work that he didn't actually do that. But with Nathan, who had less control, that's when it turned into that. Uh, yeah, that's why I said most because, uh, well, uh, w- well, we're all right in spoiler territory. Uh, I'm pretty sure Rachel, yeah, uh, she, she was raped. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's also Nathan going off on his own. Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, mostly completely spoiler-free thoughts about the game. Uh, are you ready to start talking about the episodes, or do you have any, any final thoughts No, oh, let's uh, dive into episode one. Okay, yeah. Episode one, uh, Chrysalis. Yeah, I didn't write down the episode uh, names. Well, actually, well, I, I, I have them on my list. Yeah, now. they're on the... Yeah. Chrysalis. So this is the the intro to the game. 
Yeah, or the the prologue uh, done in the first really episode. really well. It, 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 they captured the fish out of water and uh, done really well. And the thing is that it was a brilliant move to have her coming back to a town that she already knew. Yeah, because so it has that familiar uh, that familiarity while still having it. You know, she's she's an outsider. Yeah. So Max Caulfield, the main character, uh, moved away for several years while she was in high school. Uh, five years. For five years when she was in middle school. Yeah, so and that would be the last year of middle school, and she's coming back for the last year of high school, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yep, because her school, I don't know if they say this in Chapter 1 or not, but her school has got uh, a famous photographer teaching there. Yeah, uh, th- yeah, the photography yeah. It class. was in chapter one uh, yeah, that she was going to the school specifically for this uh, uh, for this teacher because yeah. she was a fan of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it doesn't in media rest like very disorienting opening where you're in the storm uh, and this massive tornado's coming and you're like really confused like what's going on and you walk around for a minute like just sort of exploring and getting your eye in and then the game sucks you back out of that and you're sitting in class and you're like whoa i was like was i daydreaming i don't think i fell asleep like yeah it and it's very disorienting and like the teacher asks you a question and you don't know the answer and it's it's it like it really captures that moment of like when you have those dreams and you're like oh i'm taking it back in school and i'm taking a test i didn't study for that's how i felt when the game started you only had pants on and you felt very uncomfortable because of that <laughs> yeah um, and it, it walks you through the opening of the game, you know, very slowly. Um, okay. Now you, you can ex- talk about your intro sequence. Well, I mean, letting you, no, no, no I'm not there yet. Not there yet. I, I do want to say like, you can like look at things on your desk and get the whole like, okay, this is how I interact with stuff. Um, this character is going to monologue every time I look at something. And then it gets to the point where that you're supposed to take a selfie. She's like, oh, I should take a selfie to ground myself. I haven't taken one today yet. And I was like, no, I don't want to take a selfie. Selfies are stupid. <laughs> and so I just sat there for a long time. And that lecture goes on for like five or ten minutes. See, I didn't uh, sit there for that long because I realized, I, okay, this t- this character is going to be taking selfies quite often, isn't she? Yeah. But I just it, – that, That's her started thing. Out, yeah, it is her thing. But at first I started out like doing it as a form of protest and I was like – you know, this is kind of like the whole Portal 2 thing, where that if you don't listen to Wheatley, he just goes on and on and on and on. So I wanted to see how long it goes, and it's all about 10 minutes before he gets to the end of his lecture, and he addresses like you directly about taking a selfie. And then you kind of have to take what, one. Wait, wait he actually there. tells you to take one? <laughs> no, he just brings up selfies, and he's like, Max, you, you're you know the, the best selfie taker. I mean, I'm super paraphrasing, but he's like, you're the best selfie taker around here. Uh, Boy, the school you know. sucks then. Yeah. So then you take a selfie and, and the scene moves on. Um, and then, yeah, the intro sequence after that, you walk out of the cra- classroom and you can interact with some stuff and get a little bit of a feel, you know, better feel for your surroundings and everything. She walks out of the classroom and she takes her headphones or her earbuds and puts them in and turns on some music. And you just get this oh, amazing, just perfect mood setting song. As you walk down the high the, the highway, the hallway, um, and you can observe different things going on in a school. And it's very typical high school. Like there's a kid that's getting bullied, uh, and there's some people just hanging out, chatting. I think there's a couple making out. Uh, um, I don't recall if there was or not. 
There's a I will say that uh, it it did uh, well. It's uh, a video game problem more than anything else. It, uh, that uh, it did feel like there was about oh half the students that there should be in a typical high school uh, hallway after class. Well, but then this again, isn't a typical really, high school though, yeah, this true. Is a private school, yeah, they yeah, have dormitories and everything. Yeah, so. but I was just looking at the number of uh, lockers as well. Oh yeah, good point. There's a lot of lockers and definitely not that many kids. Yeah, but then again. I would say probably the only game that really does crowds that well is Assassin's Creed. Unfortunately, Assassin's Creed doesn't do uh, yeah, performance all that well. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So you walk down this hallway, and and Max is like, "I should go to the bathroom and splash my face off." That vision thing was really weird. And so you go into the bathroom, splash your face. A butterfly flies in, and uh, you go to take a picture of it. And this is kind of what sets the stage for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and there's a uh, you don't know who these characters are at the time. So a boy and a girl come in and they're arguing about money or drugs or something. Actually, both. And, uh, well, yeah, both. Um, and the the boy shoots the girl. Like he pulls a gun on her and they're struggling and then he shoots her. And Max is like, oh my gosh! Like she freaks out and sticks her arm out and then she realizes like she rewinds time and she's back in the classroom. Yeah, which well, there was actually people talking about this specific time jump, the first one. It completely breaks the rules of all her other time jumps. How so? She teleports. All her other rewinds, she stays in place. You're right. That's a good point. The only times that she teleports where she is is if she time jumps through a photo. Yeah, which she doesn't at this point. Well, it could be that since she was in shock, like the, her powers are never clearly. Yeah, defined. yeah. That's uh, that's one of my bugbears on this is that her powers develop. At the pace of plot. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with the fact that they didn't try and explain how she time-traveled, but I wish that she would have stuck to some coherent rules. Yeah, there was no rules. It was basically... It, it, it's the rule of Star Trek speed. I need to be here at this specific time so I can do that because powers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I let it slide because it was more about the storytelling aspect as opposed to the technical aspect, but... Yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, I didn't even... I didn't yeah. even think about that. Well, it, it was one of those things that uh, poking around after I finished the game, uh, I saw someone mention that. It's like, well, shit. <laughs> and and yeah. then I started uh, noticing you know, uh, other things that, about her power, specifically that she develops them at, at the perfect time that she needs them. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, you, you go back and you try and change things and you start messing with your power and realize that you can keep objects when you pick them up and you know eventually you work out how to stop him from shooting her yeah which this was one of the first times i started ha having some technical issues just because i had to step in the perfect spot to pick up the hammer to ring the uh, fire alarm in order to basically scare the boy off and there was a couple uh rewinds that i had to try to figure out where to stand exactly <laughs> because that yeah. is a very small window yeah uh, so after you do that, you leave the bathroom and run into the principal, and this is where you get to make your first big decision. So what did you do? Did you report Nathan for having the gun? That Nathan is the boy's name. Yeah, I. Or did you hide? Yeah, the I reported Nathan because at this point, yeah, didn't really know any of the characters. Yeah, I also reported him because for the same reason, like I didn't know any of the characters or their motivations, and I was like, if I was in high school and I saw a kid with a gun, I totally would report that to somebody. Yeah, and I, I, well, at this point, well, I did this for a lot of the, uh, 
big choices is that I toy around with both options and uh, hiding the truth just didn't feel like it was going to work out for me. I So I did not I did not always go back and choose different options. Sometimes I was very happy with my first decision and wouldn't even go experiment. Yeah, sometimes so, I w- would do that. Sometimes I wouldn't. But in this case, I did just to uh, test it out because you know, okay. that also felt very in character for Max. That's true. Testing out her powers to see what she could do. That's that's a fair point for doing that. But I did not. I just reported it. So it was my way. So it was definitely, uh, you know, I reported them. Uh, uh, then rewound, uh, hid the truth, didn't feel like that was going to work out. So re- rewound again and uh, reported him and went about my merry way. Yep. Okay. Then you go outside and your like, objective or whatever is to go to your dorm. But you can go outside campus and explore around and do a bunch of stuff and interact with people. There's a lot of situations where you can test out your powers. Like uh, there's some kid who's got like a uh, his portfolio, uh, like a photo portfolio. Daniel, and, uh, you want to? Was that his name? Uh, the artist. No, the uh, the kind of Asian looking guy who. Um, Overweight. No, he's skinny. Uh, okay, so a uh, different guy. Uh, let's see. Aaron, I think his name was Aaron or something like that. Evan, I'm not 100 percent sure, but you can rewind and like answer his question until you answer his question correctly, and then he lets you look at his portfolio. Oh, oh yeah. Few, okay. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. There's a few other things where you can I actually I got powers. lucky on that one. <laughs> I picked it out the first time. Now that I think I, about it, I didn't get it right until the fourth time. But process elimination. Yep. Um, did you sign the petition? Uh, yes, that I did. That happens out here and it has a big impact later on. Okay. I also signed the petition. Yeah. Actually, I was one of 44% that did. Yep. I'm a little shocked that that's the uh, the lesser of the two choices. Well, I mean, people might have just not talked to her, I think. Yeah, true. Because that's a, uh, another thing is that there's a lot of default states. And if you don't catch that option, then, you know, it just uh, goes on uh, the default state and you have to change things. Yeah. Uh, so the next major plot point that you go to is you're trying to get into your dorm and Victoria, who is basically like the school... Peppy bully. Yeah, she's a school bitch. Uh, her and her friends won't let you into the dorm, so you have to figure out how to get her out of the way. And uh, so you use your time travel powers to uh, make paint fall on her, which I found hilarious. And uh, you get a choice. <laughs> uh, this well, is a... Uh, well, before that, you also turn on the sprinklers to get her to move under the paint. Yeah. Um, and this is actually, interestingly, like one of a really big choice that doesn't have a real payoff until... Chapter Episode five. F- chapter five. Yeah, uh, but did you make fun of Victoria or did no? You I didn't. Her? Uh, Max isn't that. Oh, I totally made fun of her. Okay, so my the, Max was super snarky the whole way through. See, mine I think develops snarkiness uh, later on, but uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like Max was a bitch. Yeah, and uh, no, Max could like, be pretty bitchy. Yeah, yeah, it it felt like. Uh, Max was really remorseful for what she did, and you know, I comfort her. <laughs> nope, I made fun of her, and I took the picture and kept it. Like, I think that you can give the picture to her later and be like, "I'm sorry." You know, you have a chance to apologize later. Uh, I, I read that on the wiki, but I didn't apologize later either. Of course, you didn't. Nope. Um, 
at and, this point, uh, well, well, your objective to, uh, at this point is getting a flash drive for uh, your friend who loaned you a bunch of pirated movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's why you're heading. Well, uh, well, I wasn't sure if we were going to give his name yet. Uh, and that's why you're heading to the dorms to eventually be him in the parking lot. So yeah. getting Victoria out of the way, you go in and you have your uh, next minor encounter when you find that one of your dorm mates borrowed the USB drive and is uh, being basically barricaded in her room. Yeah, one of our other friends thinks that uh, sexting that this girl and yeah, this girl and her. Let's see. The girl in the room was Dana. Yeah. And what was the girl? Was it Jessica? Uh, I can't remember which girl it was. I barely interacted with her. I can't remember her name. I mean, apparently there's some some story stuff for her that you can completely miss, which I did because I didn't really interact with her. But Dana was the girl locked in the room. So, you know, so um, the, the girl who locked Dana in her room thinks that Dana cheated or not cheated, sexted with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so you can you have to intervene and convince well there's a a couple of different ways i think that you can get her to leave but i convinced her that victoria was actually the one who was behind it by going breaking into victoria's room and getting evidence yeah which there's a minor uh thing that you could do in victoria's room rearrange your photos yeah i did not do that i didn't i completely missed that yeah um which you i'm assuming that you noticed that because you can see the the decisions that you did not make yeah yeah well, at um, least some of them, because some of them, uh, you know, are so minor that they don't even appear here. Yeah. Um. So then you go, once you resolve that situation, you get the flash drive, you go back down and outside, uh, and you're going to head over to meet Warren in the parking well, lot. Well, well, should we uh, 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 talk about Alyssa real quick? <laughs> sure, sure. She, because she becomes a running gag in each episode. Yeah. Uh, in every episode... Whenever you meet Alyssa, something very trivial but hilarious happens to her, and you have the option to help her or not. <laughs> yeah, she gets hit by something in every episode. In this episode, it's a football. Uh, and later, it's a, a, yeah, later it's a roll of toilet paper. Then she gets knocked in the pool at one point, yeah. and she just has a life of misfortune. So yeah. you have an option to warn her and have her step out of the way. Uh, did you help Alyssa? Yeah. I did. Did you help Alyssa every time? Yes. Okay, I did too. Uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, major story stuff will hit as it comes. But uh, did you have her read you the poem, which you can yeah. only do if you help her every time? Yeah. She reads well, your Robert Frost poem. Well, I also love. Uh, I, I was uh, going to uh, comment on Twitter if it didn't happen, but Alyssa eventually uh, helps you by having you step out of the way or something. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. And I, I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think that's a great payoff for that. But so anyways, uh, you leave the dorm and you're going to go back to Warren and, and give him his flash drive. And on the way, you run into a security guard whose name is David and he becomes important later. Uh, harassing Kate, which is one of your friends, I think. Uh, it seems to imply that Max and Kate have a, somewhat of a friendship before uh, and you really they're, they're familiar but not close yeah like they maybe hung out at like dorm events or something like that but they're not like best friends um and so you have an option to 
uh, like, intervene. I mean, he's harassing her. Yeah, your choices are to intervene between this because she, he is up in her face, uh, practically yelling. Yeah, and uh, accusing her of uh, things that we'll talk about later, particularly I think in episode two, or just take a photo and not intervene. Yeah, what did you do? I intervened. I actually, I, I mean, I ultimately intervened, but I took a photo first. Yeah, I, I did, thinking, yeah, I did both choices uh, because I wanted to see, you know, which would help Kate more. Yeah. Because I like I, Kate uh, and it was very clear what was happening or what was going to happen to her. Yeah. And so yeah. it was, uh, I made the conscious decision. Okay. I'm going to help Kate. What helps her more? And intervening, I was uh, convinced, uh, helped her more uh, in the long run. Yeah, if you take the photo, you have evidence that you can present later. There's actually a couple places you can use the photo to do something, but I felt like intervening was better than taking the photo, so I, w- I rewound and intervened instead of taking the photo. Yeah, same here. So then you go to meet Warren in the parking lot uh, to give him back his flash drive, and um, they go through some dialogue, and I mean, it's very obvious that Warren is into Max. Uh, Max, yeah, he, can, he, may, he may as well hold up a neon sign. Yeah. Uh, and then you can choose, like, how you play out that relationship with Warren. Like, you can just be his friend. You can act oblivious. I don't know if, if it's, like, acting oblivious or if she actually is oblivious, if you pick yeah. the sort of oblivious options. But I was very much, like, very friendly to him and, like, okay, I think I'm, I'm going to, like, date this boy. Oh, if same that, here. If that option becomes available. So... I, I don't think that that is that a choice that's reflected anywhere. Yeah, is it? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. On, on like the choice pages, uh, it is. Hang on, let me just double check. It's uh, it reflected chapter five, last choice. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 not important choices because there's only one important choice in chapter five. Oh, okay. Okay. You see that there? Yeah, I see that one. All right. Um, but yeah, that's the big payoff. There's a couple other modern ones. Yeah. Just in general though, I was like, you know what? I'm, I I like Warren. He seems like a good guy. I'm going to. Someone that has as good a taste of him in t-shirts. Yeah. He does have great (laughs) t-shirts. Every time he's, he's wearing a different t-shirt and they're all great. I think my favorite t-shirt though is the 3D t-shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even though it was very hard on the ass. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, the kind of the rage-faced emoticon <laughs> was uh, really good as well. Yeah. Uh, so Nathan then shows back up, and I'm not sure how this plays out if you don't report him to the principal. Uh, for, well, from what I understood, because this was one of those that I realized, okay, this could play out really differently. I wanted to see how it would play out. Supposedly, if uh, well, for us, uh, yeah, the principal confirmed him, and he figured out. That, you know, someone else was in there and you know, most likely found the photo that you tore up because you do leave that behind. The, uh, because, uh, her, uh, Max's big conflict in all of this is that there's a photo contest called the Everyday Hero Contest and she is conflicted on putting herself out there. Uh, and, right. uh, she has this photo of her, uh, uh selfie, of, of course. Uh, Taken from behind, uh, look, looking at her wall of photos that she has in her dorm, and uh, it's the uh, the photos are in the uh, focus with her out of focus, but you could still 
you know, it's a small cl- uh, small class. It's a small school. You know it's Max even from behind. And she yeah. left the two halves of Odo there. So, you know, it's reasonable that uh, Nathan would go back there and see, okay, uh, well, here's two halves of a photo that's, oh, well, look, it's Max. That bitch ratted me out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but the, uh, uh, and I think that's, uh, if, if you didn't rat him out, he would still, you know, figure out, okay, something is up. Yeah. So he confronts you. Um, and he and Warren get into a, a fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nathan headbutts Warren and just, uh, beats the ever living shit out of him. Oh, I love that payoff later. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. But we'll get to that. Uh, in. And that, what, what, that's what, is that chapter three or is that uh, chapter that, four? That's chapter four. Okay. Uh, uh, but, oh, I love, uh, uh, that kind of submitted. It's like, uh, Warren, you were so getting lucky later. Uh huh. Yep, I had the exact same thought. <laughs> but so, anyways, um, they're fighting and Warren's getting the crap beat out of him. And then Chloe shows up in her truck and nearly runs you yeah, over. Yeah, th- this was the girl from the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, um, very distinctive because she has blue hair. Yep. So she shows up. Not, not, not grandma style blue hair, hair. Think anime. Yeah. But she shows up and it's, they realize, like Max realizes who it is that was in the bathroom. And Chloe's like, is that you, Max? And she's like, jump in the truck. And so Max jumps in the truck and they drive Come with to me if you house. want to live. Yeah. Come with me if you want That's to live. That's one thing I, uh, I do love is all the little geeky references as well. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Commenting, yeah, bubble hearth. Mm-hmm. It's for, it. don't, if you don't know, that's a, a, a common move from, well, it used to be in World of Warcraft for paladins. Yeah. There's tons of references to tons of stuff, though. Yep. I mean, throughout the whole thing, it would be a massive list if you tried to list them all out. Well, I'm sure it's somewhere on the internet. But so they go back to Chloe's house and have this interesting sort of reunion conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that Chloe is all kinds of mixed emotions about you leaving and yeah, because Max uh, you is a were, really shitty friend yeah. who didn't write or call or anything. And she's like, you just show back up. You've been here for, I think it's like a month or something. Yeah. You've something like for that. A month or two. And the, the, you know, I haven't heard the from game you. takes place in the last week of October. So uh, it would be about a month if it's the normal school year. Yeah. So they, they just have this interesting reunion conversation. You go back to Chloe's house and uh, both- she sees uh, the butterfly photo and realizes, oh, shit, you were in the bathroom. You totally yeah. saved my life. You were the one that uh, rang the alarm. Yep. And then she's like, okay, I don't, I'm not mad at you anymore. I love you again. Yeah. Chloe has some severe mood swings. Chloe, d- Chloe does have a lot of mood swings. At and and that is some, well, <laughs> at the beginning, she has them pretty much all the way up to about the last half of chapter five. No, I think she really levels off before then. She, Not she focuses too much. on a uh, goal. Yeah, she does focus on a goal, but the thing is that uh, she still is very easy to set off. Understandable, yeah. but uh, for her goal, but at the same time, it does kind of get tiresome at times. Yeah. Um. So you go to her house and you're chilling out in her room, and I forget why it is she sends you downstairs. Uh, because. In the scuffle with Nathan, your camera was broken. Oh, right. And you, and you were, had to go, uh, yeah, you had to go garage. get precision, uh, school, uh, screwdrivers from the garage, uh, downstairs uh, that Steph douche has. Yeah. Which, uh, 
you know, if you explore the garage, you, you know, which you pretty much have to do. Uh, I guess you don't have to if you're trying to speed run. But anyways, you explore the, the garage and you realize that the security guard, whose name is David, uh, is actually Chloe's stepdad, whom she calls Step Douche. Oh, hang on. Choo-choo. No, that's only the wrong that, chapter. I was about to say, if only that train came along for chapter two. <laughs> but so anyways, you discover that uh, the David is Chloe's dad. Step two, shall let jazz. Editing happens. Uh, and you he has a lot of files on students. He at, is paranoid as fuck. Yeah. I mean, he he's has a some very severe PSTD. Yeah, PTSD. Very obvious, severe case of PTSD. And uh, definitely not uh, being uh, uh, helped. No, no. And, and it's was, and it's very hard to be sympathetic for him because he is such, well, a douche. Yeah, and he served in the Iraq War. Like, I, I mean, they just say he was a soldier, but the implication yeah. is that he served in the Iraq War. Yeah, it was, the the game takes place in 2013, so it makes sense, Iraq, maybe Afghanistan, depending on, you know, how far back you go. Yeah. But um, it's very clear that he hasn't been back for very long. He's still reading self-help books and trying to figure out stuff. Yeah. But and he's uh, only uh, been married to Joyce, uh, Chloe's mom, for a short time. Uh, yeah. yeah. About a year, maybe. But uh, So you can go through his things, find all this evidence that he's got security cameras in the house, and uh, is keeping tabs on several students from the high school. Um, including you. Yep, including you. Uh, so that's creepy, uh, and becomes very important information that can help you out later. Um, did you, so you can, whenever you're finding out this stuff, particularly his, his files, you drop them in like some oil. I did uh, not did leave evidence. Leave? Okay. I didn't leave evidence either. Cause obviously you can rewind time. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed like a bad idea. Matter of fact, uh, yeah, that's, uh, let's see, uh, 82% of people, uh, didn't leave evidence. So it looks like 18% of people forgot about rewind powers. Apparently. I don't know why you would leave evidence with that. But anyways. Um, so then you go back upstairs with the tools and try to fix your camera and realize you can't. Uh, you and Chloe have a really nice moment where that she gives you her father's camera. Biological. Uh, yeah, her biological father's camera. Um, and uh, in exchange, she takes the butterfly photo. Yep. And keeps it. Uh, and then Step Douche comes home and comes upstairs. And, and Because of uh, them playing loud music. Yeah. Yeah. And he eventually barges in. And you get a little bit of time to make a decision on what to do. Um, and you can choose to hide. The, you can hide in the closet. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I did. And that's also what I did. But you can choose to hide in the closet. You can choose to not hide. And you're just there uh, and have to deal with him. Uh, if you choose to hide, you can choose to come out of hiding to intervene. Come out in, of the closet. In the situation, because uh, David hits Chloe, or he slaps her in the face at, at yeah, one well, point if, in the conversation. Well, if you don't come out. That's the right. thing, is that if you don't come out of uh, hiding, uh, she'll uh, get hit. Uh, because she was uh, smoking pot in her room, and he gets very agitated at that. Yep. But then again, uh, he get ag- gets agitated at anything. And you yourself can take the blame for smoking the pot to uh, cover Chloe or cover for Chloe, which that can have some seriously negative implications for you later on. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, ultimately, I, I played through the situation a few times just to see how it played out, and I decided that the best course of action was just to stay hidden. And uh, that's why I did as well. And actually, there was uh, a, a option to blame Chloe. <laughs> yeah, you you can blame that, Chloe for smoking. But that that seems like a very rare thing. Only one percent of people did that. Yep, thirty seven percent stayed hidden the whole time. Twenty eight percent took the blame for Chloe, and thirty four percent came out of hiding to intervene. Yeah, that's the worldwide stats. So aside from some people, I'm not sure if they're doing that just for completionist's sake or if they're just bad people. But they blamed Chloe for that. For that, and then that's or maybe that's the option. You know, if you don't hide, and then uh, he comes in and sees the pot. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. But. So the it that's that's the last major interaction for the chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what there wasn't anything really else that happened after it. That, no, right? that was kind of the end of things. Uh, they go up to the lighthouse, which the lighthouse is a major set piece for all of this. As a matter of fact, it was where the game began. Really, uh, the path going up to the lighthouse. Yep. Uh, uh, and uh, it starts to snow. And yep. it's uh, a very warm day. Everyone's in short uh, uh, sleeves and light clothes. Yeah, I think they make the comment that it's like it's 80 degrees outside mm-hmm. and it's snowing. This is crazy. So that's that's that. Um, yeah. uh, shall we go through the minor choices because we didn't get hit all of them? We can. Uh, this is taking us a, a long time, although we knew it would, so... Yeah, why the hell not at this point? Uh, let's. I'm just going to go through my choices. I'll let Daniel draw my portrait. I didn't. I didn't even meet Daniel. I signed the petition. I did as well. I, I helped Alyssa. I did too. I erased the insults on Kate's slate. I did not. I didn't read any of this. Or I didn't even notice hers was an insult. Uh, I read all the slates and actually wrote on mine as well, uh, which was hilarious. Yo, it was just kind of of a blank face. I yeah. watered my plant. I did not water the plant. I didn't touch Dana's pregnancy test because I completely missed that. Yep, I completely uh, missed that. Only two percent of people touched the uh, pregnancy test. Uh, let's see, I didn't uh, touch uh, Victoria's photos. I didn't either. I didn't write on the dirty RV because I didn't realize that was an option. Didn't. Yep. Same. Uh, saved the bird. I did save the bird. Uh, I did not break Chloe's snow globe. I also did not break Chloe's snow globe. Yeah, I rerounded that. Yeah, I, did. I mean, I did too. I yeah, broke I, it, but then rewound. Yeah, I didn't uh, leave any evidence uh, when searching through the files. Me neither. But I did read his files. I did as well. Okay, so that's all the choices. Yep. Any uh, general thoughts about the chapter? Chapter one was the only chapter I didn't cry in. Yeah, it's I mean, a it very was... good setup for everything. Yeah, it's a great set piece. It's a great first chapter, a great introduction to... All, not all, most. There, most there's a of couple the main there, players. There's a the couple story. major characters that don't show up till about chapter two or three. But in general, you get a really good overview of everything. So, I mean, I really enjoyed the first chapter. Uh, I loved the scene with the snow too. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chapter two. Chapter two is probably one of the toughest chapters to, yeah. like, emotionally to deal yeah, with. Yeah, that was just taxing. I had to 
uh, I was planning on getting two chapters done that night. After chapter two, I was spent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, same for me. So, okay, so tap- chapter two starts out, um, and you wake up in your room, and you can go around and do some different stuff. Yeah, she uh, was doing research at this point, wasn't she? Trying to figure out her time powers. Yep, yep, trying to figure uh, out having, her time powers. Uh, yeah, she had all sorts of... Uh, time-related movies, time-travel movies, quantum uh, physics books, uh, reading conspiracy theories. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm guessing, I, I don't, unless I missed it, I don't think there's anything that says that, like, she did rewind time to read all that stuff and go through all that stuff in one night. Well, she did, but, uh, she did say she uh, did an all-nighter, but the thing is that her rewind power is very limited, so, you know. Uh, unless she's reading a page, rewinding, reading the next page, rewinding. But, uh, well, it doesn't pop up in this chapter. It pops up in the next one, I believe, is that using her powers... A, well, actually, it pops up in this chapter, now I think about it. Uh, yeah, using it her powers a lot uh, causes her, her to get migraines and uh, do- nosebleeds. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, she may have rewound for a couple times, but then realized that that was a bad idea. Yeah. Although, I don't think she did, actually, because later, whenever she discovers that uh, she gets nosebleeds from using her power too much... Well, she may have like a- uh, she may have uh, stopped at the headaches, because uh, she uh, was suffering from headaches from pretty much the beginning. Yeah, that that is true. I didn't think about that. Because, well, just the way she holds her head, whatever, uh, she rewinds. Yeah, it looks very discomforting. Yeah. So I think I'm going to speed up the the storytelling Definitely. process a little bit. Um, so you wake up and uh, you want to just go through the main choices, actually. The main, yeah, pretty oh. much because uh, a lot, uh, especially once we get further in the chapters, it becomes a lot more of the high points and not and the secondary choices or or the secondary plot points aren't as important. Yeah. Um, so I will, no, I won't. Okay. So I think the, I think the last uh, choice uh, we're or the last uh, section of this, we're definitely gonna have to spend some time on, especially this chapter. Yeah. Okay. So Kate, uh, the first choice, uh, did you tell Kate to go to the police or wait for more proof? Uh, yes. I told her to go to the police mostly because, okay. I realized her going to the principal wasn't going to do jack shit, but going to the police at this point, didn't realize that the police were in the Prescott's pocket, but yeah, at the same time, it's better than telling her to wait, especially with Kate's emotional state at this point, because she is in her room in the dark crying, and Kate is a very religious girl. She's a very happy, bubbly girl, but she is just devastated at this viral video that's been going around, uh, yeah. showing her drugged at a party uh, the, uh, from this club, the Vortex Club, which... It feels very strange that this uh, school would allow this club to exist to begin with, but then that's beside the point. Yeah, so you can talk to Kate, and you can go through and have her tell you about the night and about the video. And I I mean, the implication is that she is uh, abused and raped. Yeah, drug abused and raped. Yeah, that's what she uh, felt like. She uh, she remembers uh, feeling kind of woozy at the party and not feeling good. And then she asked Nathan, of all people, to take her to the hospital. She remembers uh, going uh, to this place, and there was a uh, person talking softly to her, and she was in this bright white area. 
and she thought she was in the ER, but then she woke up outside her dorm and realized, oh shit, something's wrong. Yeah. And Kate is very obviously experiencing massive depression symptoms. Um, and because she's in high school, of course, in high school, everybody makes fun of the kid that's sad. Yeah, and of course, the school bitch actually writes a web address on the uh, bathroom mirror for people to go see the video. Yeah. Um, did, did you, you go to the site? The... <laughs> I, I did go to the site, and I erased the uh, the message. I, I, I wanted to see if that was an actual site. Is it really a real site? Yeah. Oh, I, interesting. Yeah, it's I actually a, about... real, it's a real site, but the thing is that it... Uh, it's uh, uh, like a WordPress blog, and it just has a picture that says, uh, uh, this user has removed this video. Uh, it makes it look like a YouTube video that's been pulled down oh, okay. uh, by the user, making it seem like Victoria had second thoughts, which it comes she into play later. later. Yeah, but- well, 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 I think it's more of a, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to go to the site right away. Right. Yeah, no, I didn't go to the site because my thought was even if it's a real site, like, I mean, I really got into character, guys, like super got into character. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I would not go to that site in solidarity well, for Kate. Well, my thought so was go. go to the site to figure out how to help her. So I was right. on the opposite side of things trying to I help know, her. That, that kind of makes sense. Um, But so, yeah, you go through all these conversation options and find out what's going on. And then you can at the end tell Kate that she should go to the police or that she should wait for more proof. And also, there's a lot of stuff to look at at Kate's room that comes into play heavily towards the end of this chapter. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you speed run through this, you are fucked. Yeah. So, the next major choice is whether or not you answer her call at the diner or not. Yeah, so you later go to the diner. on, you're, you're with Chloe uh, after proving that you have powers to Chloe, which was a rather cool sequence, by the way. I thought that was really neat, yeah. So, you're trying to pr- prove to, to Chloe that you have time rewind powers. Yeah, and, and so- the first thing you do is uh, you tell Chloe exactly what is in her pockets. At first, she doesn't believe you because, you know, you are on the first uh, run through, so you don't know what's in her pockets. Yeah. But then she puts out everything, and I did take screenshots of everything, so I didn't have to rewind constantly. (laughs) I actually got them all right on the first try afterwards. Um, The cigarettes I noticed right away. Yeah, the the cigarettes I noticed, uh, okay, uh, it's a certain number that's definitely going to, it's either going to be the number or the brand. Yeah. uh, But, you know, just to play it safe, I just took screenshots of everything. I think the money would have been the most trippy thing for me, just to... Because I would have probably focused on, you know, how many co- of each coin and not the total. I actually did do that, like how many of each coin there were. But because I remembered how many of each coin there were, I got pretty close on the uh, the amount of change that she had. And then I just picked the one that was closest to that, and it, it was right. And then the keychain, too. Yeah. The keychain. That one was pretty easy. Uh, and then the second thing you do is you have to predict... Like all four sort of, events, uh, yeah, four events, Groundhog Day style, which I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, it took me a couple of tries. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if it was if I misread something or if it was just poorly worded. But there, the there was a couple of choices. Me up. Yeah, there was a couple of choices that were not really well worded because it it did the sort of the Mass Effect thing where it gives you a synopsis of what's going to be said, but like. 
I, I don't want you to say that. I want you to say this. Uh, what yeah. really got me a couple times was uh, the insect on the uh, uh, on the jukebox because I thought uh, I didn't catch that there was something on the jukebox. Yeah, I completely missed that the first time through. But yeah, the first time everything happens, I'm like super paying attention to everything, and there's quite a few little things that happen that you doesn't notice. You like you know misdirects things that that aren't options for you to tell to Chloe. So I thought that was clever. It was just a really well done scene. Yeah, and also after that, I kind of not wanted to eat there again because of the cockroach. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Um, even though it's not one of the minor choices, I have to know: Did you get a waffle or an omelet? Omelet, of course. Bacon. I did too. I went for the bacon omelet. Well, since we're going to be talking about breakfast uh, later on, uh, what breakfast choice did you take? Uh, pancakes. A man after my own heart. <laughs> pancakes rule. Waffles suck. Now I'm going to dispute true. Waffles, that. Waffles are good too, but I, I prefer pancakes over waffles. Waffles are the cargo pants of breakfast. <laughs> they have so many pockets and they could hold so much. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, okay, so after the diner scene, you have to go to a junkyard. What well, 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 we didn't uh, talk about uh, uh, at the end of the diner scene, there was the call. We didn't say Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, as you're going to leave the diner with Chloe, you get a phone call and it's from Kate. Uh, and you can choose to answer her phone call or, you know, not answer the call and just go straight out with Chloe. And if you answer the call, you talk to Kate for a minute, and Chloe gets into a fight with her mom. Yeah, because she got busted for drugs. Uh, well, in my uh, timeline. Yeah. And, and if you uh, don't I answer the, the call, call, you guys just leave. I, I also answered the call. Uh, 81% of people answered the call. I think at this point, they, people have realized, oh, shit. It's pretty obvious that something is wrong with Kate. Like, you don't have to be a therapist to know that she's not doing so good. And anyone who's trying to be a good, good friend would take her call. So, thankfully, that one was overwhelmingly. They take Kate's call. Yeah, I would have felt, uh, you know, really shitty of people if, you know, it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, then you leave the diner. You go to a junkyard. And yeah. I, I hated The bottle this. sequence. The bottle sequence. Everyone I, it wasn't complained. that bad, but it was annoying. I couldn't find the last bottle at the, uh, the, the campfire. Boat. Uh, for me, it was the boat. I found the boat really easy. Well, I just didn't realize that I could go up that hill. Yeah. She kept, and, and she, Matt, for me, Max keeps saying, you know, there's somewhere around here where people uh, have a fire and party. And she kept saying that. And I'm wandering around going, I everywhere that looks like would be a good place to have a fire, a bonfire or a fire pit, there's nothing. Except for the I fire actually, pit. I actually had to look it up online because I didn't go, I didn't, Realize that you could go back behind that shed. Yeah, there was uh, that one little spot that I I found that one. I think like third because I found the uh, the one right there at Chloe pretty easily. There was one in the uh, shed, and I went through the shed and found the one at the fire pit. The one that took me a bit was the uh, the boat because I just didn't realize I had to go up on the hill for it. She kept saying. Well, I have to go up. To, uh, I have to get to our place to get on the boat. I, I was looking at the boat and was thinking, okay, well, the shed looks like I could climb up on it, and uh, there's a couple things there that I could uh, make a bridge across. Because she yeah, was also I, mentioning I a bridge. 
yeah, I, I see that. That makes sense. Um, after you get the bottles, you should set up the shooting range. And I have to say, this is probably one of my favorite se sequences. Um, at first I thought it was kind of annoying, but then like as you rewind and tell her to shoot different things and in different places, different stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Did you get the little scene where Chloe accidentally shoots herself and she's yep. like, rewind, rewind? Yeah. I thought that was great. Oh. I, yeah, I just laughed because yeah, it was funny. The universe just hates Chloe. Yeah. The, the universe comes wants into, her to die. That comes into play later. And uh, actually a problem I have with the first episode that I can't really talk about yet. Okay. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I just thought that was great and hilarious. And I'm glad she has so much faith in her friend that she knows that she's not going to die. Yeah, about that. I wish you could tell her about that, too. Like, I wish that you could tell her about all of her mishaps that you fix <laughs> in a lot more detail. I mean, you get a chance later on to tell her about a few of the bigger things. But, mm -hmm. I like, after we were done, like, if I had that power, I totally would have told my friend, like, hey, dude, you just shot yourself and I saved you with my rewind powers. Yeah, actually, I, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, you were freaking out saying rewind, rewind. I mean, did you really want that to be your last words? <laughs> yeah. Um, but after that, uh, Frank, Frank shows up, and Frank. Yeah, is this a was, uh, and this is Frank, not not Frank. Yeah, this is. <laughs> but um, inside so, jokes. Welcome, someone who wanted to listen to a podcast almost to tell you that life is strange. That's an inside joke we have. Yeah, uh, just, again, Groove's Cray, and you'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Um, but so he shows up, and he's a drug dealer, and he threatens you because Chloe owes him some money. Yeah, a lot uh, of and money. You get, to make, you get to make a decision, because uh, at this point, Max is holding the gun, or she picks... Yeah, yeah Chloe was, gives um, Max the gun. Yeah, Chloe uh, shot all the bottles, or shot two or three of them, and then uh, did a trick shot to drop a car on the last couple. Yeah. Which was pretty pretty all right. I liked actually blowing up the car better. Yeah, but yeah, honestly, I think that would have been a lot funnier. Is you know the car blows up and uh, and this hubcap comes down. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, but so, anyways, Max has got the gun when Frank shows up, and uh, your choice is to shoot Frank or not shoot Frank. Or it says try to shoot Frank because you don't realize it at the time but the gun doesn't have any bullets whenever you go to yeah, shoot Yeah, it turns him. out Chloe is not good at counting bullets. No, not at all. I mean, uh, I mean, she knew how many bottles were going to be set up, and she saved bullets by doing a trick shot. Yep, but apparently she didn't put uh, load the gun with six bullets. Because you only shoot, what, four? Is it three or four? I think three. Yeah, because you shoot two bottles normally. No, you shoot three bottles normally, and, and the third one you get with a trick shot by shooting off of like a mirror or something. Well, well, you have uh, the the first two normally. You have the second one off the, uh, well, there was the uh, hubcap that you know, or the rim that just you know gets uh, Chloe shot. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, that's the one that you eventually just drop the car on it. Okay, so yeah, so she, they shoot three bullets. So she should have three bullets left, but she didn't load six rounds into her six cylinder because she's so. too fucking drunk. Yeah. Uh, drunk, uh, Chloe's either drunk or high most of this game. She is drinking six bottles of beer in the morning. Girls, girls on it. Um, but anyway, daily bread. True that. But uh, so yeah, did you pull the trigger on Frank or not? I did not. I did. 
And this was pretty much a 50-50, 52-48. Yeah. Uh, I actually rewound. I, 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 yeah, I rewound this a couple times, and I figured not shooting Frank is probably a, a good idea, and it did pay off later on. Well, it pays off later off uh, later on to have the gun, too. Um, yeah, but uh, well, we'll get to that. Cause, yeah, because if you shoot him, he, you get to keep, or if you go to shoot him, you keep the gun. He's like, oh, you don't have any bullets anyways. <laughs> and then if you don't shoot him, he takes the gun away. Yeah, more him. like Abbott and Costello instead of Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yes, I love that. I Frank doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would know those things, but he does. He's Good a stoner. He's going to sit around uh, listening to weird shit. Yeah. Um, so then you go back to school. Um. Yeah. And now how comes, much time? How much time passes? Like, I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole thing in between, but it's pretty much think, right after this, right? Yeah. The, well, the thing is that uh, you uh, uh went out for breakfast with uh, Chloe, uh, went shooting at the junkyard, and then uh, came back for uh, class. So this was uh, pretty much just at, after you got back to school, right? Because okay. you skipped a class or two. Yeah, so um, you're in class, and, like somebody busts in, and is like, yeah, "What's yeah. going down?" Something's uh, going down at the girls' dorm. I I really like this is every I think high school kids like fantasy yeah. that someone would bust in. <laughs> Something's going on, and everyone would leave. And a and, real high school that would uh, never happen. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> well. Uh, just media uh, high school instead of every, of any real high school because no teacher would go Ugh, class dismissed, which is fine. Like I laughed at it. Like it's like ha ha, this is funny. I wonder what's going on. And then you get to the girls' dorm and Kate is on the roof and she like when you walk up she jumps off and commits suicide. Yeah, I mean holy shit. And that's like what like oh. And Max of course is like oh my god like. I, yeah, she, I can save this. Yeah, she uh, tries to rewind, and and then her power evolves. This is one of those points where the power becomes deus ex machina, which, granted, time power kind of uh, there already, to be perfectly frank. Or, not frank. <laughs> I see what you did there. But, so she but, wants time. But, yeah, and then it freezes and allows her to get to the roof uh, to talk right. to Kate. Right, so... Yeah, she can. While time is frozen, she can move. So you walk through the crowd and you go up to the roof. Yeah, which uh, the effect um, where the, the time was frozen and all the uh, the raindrops were suspended in air was done really well. That was both gorgeous and at the same time haunting. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it perfectly captured the mood of what was going on. And yeah, there's going, the, yeah, there's the uh, gray rain of depression uh, uh, trope, and the, yeah, that's this. Yeah. So you go, and up it to also the roof. Uh, shows you know, uh, time uh, dilation or time changing and rain have a very rich history together. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, but so you you freeze time. You go up to the roof, and you go out, and it, it seems like your power sort of shorts out when you get up there. I don't think that Max intentionally stopped freezing time. Um, and she tries to rewind a second because Kate's startled when she sees you up there, and Max is like realizes she's like I can't yeah this I don't is, have any uh, power I can't rewind one of the most intense sequences of the game because there's no take backs yeah you get one and, shot and if you screw up she's dead for the rest of the game and you can't do anything about it yeah and this also is the punishment for people that are rushing because 
a lot of it depends on talking to Kate previously and also how much attention you gave her and uh, how much uh, time you spent in her room to learn various aspects of her life. Yeah, I looked this this scenario up online. Yeah, I did uh, too, after the fact. And if you pay attention and if you do all of the right things up until that point, it's next to impossible to actually fail the scene. Like, yeah, the tension I... is still there. You you don't know. You know, I, I still was completely convinced that I could have screwed up and she could have yeah, like, think I'm, written. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much, I think I was pretty much safe unless I severely uh, intentionally did it. But yeah, I, I like Kate. Yeah, I, I like Kate too. Uh, I'm. I got one. Th- like she took one step towards the edge. So I, uh, I, I never had her it, even take a step. I don't remember what it was that I got wrong, but she took one step towards the edge. But I mean, you know, you get a couple of of missed answers basically, or a couple of mess ups before she jumps. So yeah, I, I saved her. Yeah, you well, saved her too. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious that we both saved her. I mean, yeah, but uh, good uh, but Lord. but the, uh, but the fact that she could die in this is uh surprising to me to begin with and the fact that it's such an early episode that she does this i was i was expecting this sequence to happen granted i wasn't expecting the time powers to short out because you know don't see that one coming but i was expecting this sequence to happen in episode four maybe three yeah yeah no it i mean it just it totally comes out of nowhere like, it's it's one of those things, it's like, oh, I see this coming, or, well, not this specifically, but something intense revolving Kate coming. And I, I, was seeing a, I was seeing a suicide attempt uh, coming. I mean, the way she was crying constantly and being bullied. Yeah, I was... It was, I, either, it was either her committing suicide, or she was going to pull a gun on Victoria, and Kate didn't seem the type. Yeah. I would have let, let Kate kill Victoria. Not gonna lie, I would have, if that would have been the choice. But it wasn't... Probably a good thing that it wasn't too, but anyways. So yeah, um, I just I loved everything about this scene and the way that it was done. I mean, it was gut wrenching. And after it was over and I saved her life, like I felt a genuine sense of relief, and I I just like started crying. Yeah, I, I didn't. So uh, I was getting. I wasn't moved to tears, but it was just after uh, you know, uh, she steps down from the edge and uh, they're hugging on the rooftop, just. Uh, I kind of just fell back in my chair and put down the controller and just that sense of relief. Yeah, I think some of that for me comes from personal experience because yeah. I have worked intimately with suicidal people. So I've experienced a lot of that stuff for real. And so it was reaching in and touching on those exact emotions. I mean, it it hit it spot on. They did good. So I can't imagine how I would have felt if I had failed and she had died. Like, you know, like like I said, like going and looking at it, it would have been really hard for me to fail because I actually paid attention and talked to her and looked through stuff in her room so that I could make the right choices. But- yeah, it does seem like, uh, well, uh, looking at the options, that there was a fail safe that if it, you went through everything uh, and screwed up, there was a biblical quote that you could quote. Yeah. That, and that's your fail safe, uh, you know, your last shot, essentially. Right. So, yeah, it was that was great, and and considering the the pressure from her family, I could totally see why she did this because, uh, oh, uh, uh, did you find the letter from her aunt basically blaming her? 
No, I don't think I found I, that one. There, there was a, a letter from, uh, I think it was her aunt. There was a family member that was essentially blaming her for being there in the first place. I thought that was her mom. Or maybe it was her mom. I, 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 it's one of those, uh, there, there's so much stuff in her room family related that does kind of mesh together. Yeah. But, Born damn. Yeah, that was intense. And honestly, I expected the episode to end there, but it doesn't. Yeah. Um, after that, it pulls you into the office, um, you and the principal. Uh, yeah, the principal's office. M- yeah, you, the principal, Mr. Jefferson, and David, uh, and Nathan. And they're basically interrogating you about what happened. And- yeah, and, and who's to blame for the suicide attempt? Uh, and the thing is that I did look this up as well, and if there was, uh, if she did commit suicide, the police officer would be there as well. Yeah. One, of the, one of the police officers, because this would uh, be an official. Well, it still is uh, technically, I guess, a criminal investigation because of everything else that's happened to her. Yeah. But it would be, you know, uh, um, essentially, uh, I guess, murder. Yeah. So this scene can play out a number of different ways. You can blame David for the incident. You can blame Nathan for the incident. And you can blame Mr. Jefferson for the incident. Yeah. And, uh, depending on what you've done before can make a charge stick or not. So if you took the photo of David um, basically like berating her and being mean to her, uh, that can get him fired. Um, if you've got uh, the proof from Nathan, I forget what the proof is for Nathan. I think if you blamed him for the gun before yeah, and then have something else to submit against him, um, he gets blamed for the incident and suspended. And I'm not sure what you can do for Mr. Jefferson to blame him. I don't remember what the... I think there may have been a photo op uh, whenever him and Kate were talking. I may be mistaken on that one, though. Oh, no, you're right. You're right, because she's talking to him, I think. Yeah, I actually rewound... Before you go into class. Uh, yeah, I rewound to hear that conversation. Yeah, yeah, she's, and, she's, she's talking it, to him. It, it, And he basically is saying, are you sure you're not protesting too much? I mean, yeah. damn. Yeah, he's super cold to her. Um, but I don't think ha- anything happens to Mr. Jefferson, even if you successfully blame him. Uh-huh. Because the principal's like, well, I mean, you should have done better, but you're a teacher and you have a bunch of students, so I yeah, can't completely and, blame you. And if you have uh, things marked against you where you took the blame for the drugs and uh, if you were hiding the truth of what happened in the bathroom, bathroom you could get suspended. Yeah. So... so- what happened did, to you? I blamed Nathan, and because I had told the truth and had not taken the blame for the drugs, he got suspended. Same. <laughs> yeah. It's getting mean, a little the, boring uh, uh, agreeing this much. Well, I mean, at the time in the story, it makes the most sense. Like, yeah. he very clearly had drugged her and raped and abused her and done all these things. It's like, obviously, he did it. And you don't learn until later on that there's way more going on. But at the time, mm-hmm. it's like... This makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, Nathan is almost cartoonishly evil at this point. Yeah, yeah, he is. But he's that a really also good makes case, sense. though, for reactive attachment disorder. I his don't think I know that one. His uh, family's uh, his, crazy. Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff uh, that you learn about Nathan, though, who? Yeah, and, which and that's it. And his family is not helping him at all. They're they're they're, they're just making things worse. They're. Uh, Basically blocking any help that he could be getting. Yeah, I love how his family is a major misdirect. We'll talk about that more in Chapter 4, I think. But yeah, 
that was like, whoa. Like, I completely missed that one. And usually I'm pretty good at figuring this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, minor, do you want to do yeah, yeah, final let's do thoughts? The, or uh, well, let's minor do the minors, first. then we'll do uh, final thoughts. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I did not water the plant because I got the text to not do that. I did water the plant because I forgot to water the plant the first day. Okay, so we both had uh, Lisa survive. Yep. I helped Alyssa. (laughs) I did too. Uh, I raced the link to Kate's video. I did that too. I was friendly to Tyler. Uh, I was as well. Uh, I accepted Warren's invitation. Go ape! I did did too, yeah. Go ape. (laughs) Uh, Wrote a message. I did too. Uh, I did not tamper with the uh, rail tracks or the I, ra- uh, the rail tracks. I did not either. Um, I uh, assume tamper. So we we didn't mention this, but Chloe gets her yeah. foot caught. On yeah, the rail yeah. This tracks. was in the teaser. Is uh, uh is uh, you know the universe is constantly trying to kill Chloe, and yeah. she gets her. Uh, she's laying on the rail tracks, uh, waxing lyrical, and she uh, gets her foot caught. And there's this uh, rather intense sequence of trying to figure out uh, how to free Chloe without just cutting her foot off. Yeah, I let Chloe die once on purpose just to see if it would if the train would splatter her. And yeah, it kind rebound. of just pauses right there at the edge. Yeah, it's like you failed. You should rewind now. But yeah, I didn't tamper with the track. I assume tampering with the tracks is if you knock the giant spool of whatever that is down and smash the switch the switch box so that you can free yeah, your leg. I d- yeah, I didn't do that. I just uh, cut the wire and then uh, used the uh, the crowbar. I think it was. Or, or no, no, uh, just uh, cut the wire and I uh, was able to move the uh, the switch. Yeah, that's what, ultimately, that's what I did. I originally smashed the tracks, and I was like, there could be consequences to smashing the tracks. I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, actually, well, that's also a, a decision I looked up, because uh, I was having a little trouble figuring out exactly where the pliers were. Yeah. And I was getting a little frustrated with it, and I... Looking it up, I found the essentially the only uh, ramification of that is that there'd be a trucker uh, in a later chapter complaining about uh, not being able to get out of town because the tracks were screwed up. Uh, okay, but I still, yeah, just didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I was already looking up where the pliers were, so uh, I was just using that uh, solution anyway. Gotcha. Okay, I did not help Warren uh, cheat on his test. I I helped Warren. Uh, did you gain entrance to the Vortex Club? No, party? I didn't. Okay, I I gained entrance. Yeah, see, I I wanted nothing to do with the Vortex Club because I saw they were bad news. Yeah, I figured that they were bad news, but I was like, nah, I'll get my name on this party. Who knows what could <laughs> come of it? And it makes something later easier. Yeah, and I told on David to Mister Jefferson. Yep, I did too. Uh, yeah, well, seventy three percent of people did. Yeah. And that's chapter two. Uh, uh, thoughts? Uh, I really loved chapter two. The ending video also made me cry. So I had just finished recovering, I think, from <laughs> saving Kate from jumping off the building. And then it plays the the really sad, like, the thing that made me cry was David. Like, the image that it shows of him going home and, like, hugging Joyce and being yeah. upset about what happened, that made me lose it. Because it, up until this point, I had just thought of David as... An ass. I mean, an asshole, yeah. And I mean, sure, he's probably suffering from PTSD, but he's not seeking help. He's not helping his family. And he goes home and he just sobs. And then 
like I just lost it, started crying again. Yeah, that was probably one of the first points that I actually felt some warmness to David. Granted, not a lot till much later on. Yeah. Okie dokie. Well, yeah, it was a great ending sequence. So, mm-hmm. next chapter three. Yep. Chaos theory. Okay. Yep. Chaos theory. So, um, in the beginning of chapter three, you go with Chloe to break into the school. You're looking for evidence. Uh, yeah, you're, you're searching yeah, this, for Rachel Adams at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Rachel chapter Anders? one, oh, what's her last name? Rachel. Let's just go with Rachel. Yeah, you're Rachel. searching for Rachel. Yeah, sorry. Everyone called her Rachel. So yeah, the last name just d- d- really didn't matter at that point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Rachel, uh, you notice that there's missing posters all over the place. I mean, posters on top of posters. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you find out that Chloe's been the one that's uh, been putting uh, these up. That she, that Rachel disappeared six months ago, and uh, Rachel was essentially your replacement when you left. Yeah, and Chloe is feeling shitty because Rachel always promised to leave the town with uh, with Chloe. That yeah, they were a team, and there was some romantic tension there as well on Chloe's part. Yep. At, le- at the very least. So, they're on the track trying to figure out this big mystery, as well as to figure out what's happening with what happened to Kate, because that's being mixed into it as well. Yep. About this point, because they're seeing correlations that they both went to Vortex Club uh, parties, and Kate had something happen to her, and Rachel just disappeared. So, something is going on there. Yep. Um, so you break into the school, and I, I, I thought this scene. So you you break in. You've got to figure out how to get, actually get into the principal's office. Yeah. <laughs> and you text Warren and ask him if he knows how to break yeah, open a door without. Yeah, a key. technically, <laughs> hypothetically, if you had to get into a door without a key, uh, what would you use? A uh, pipe bomb? <laughs> yeah. He t- he tells you how to build a pipe bomb. I thought that was so funny because it's like. This is how teenagers would talk awkwardly about doing something like this. So he tells you how to make a pot pipe bomb. You use the pipe bomb to blow open the door. And what, it took me a minute to figure this out. But what you're supposed to do is go inside go, the room after you blow up, open the door. Rewind, rewind time. And then open the door from the inside. Yeah. And the, the whole time Chloe's sitting there muttering that I'm going to open this door before uh, she figures out how to open this door. <laughs> and you just open the door for her and she just looks at you. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I thought that was was great. That was a great way to use the power set that I just didn't think about at first. Because I'm thinking... Well, I, like, I, I saw as soon as... Okay, this is a pipe bomb. Um, this is going to leave evidence? People yeah. are going to know that yeah. we're here. Uh, so obviously we're not going to be leaving behind evidence. So likely a rewind coming up. Yeah, I was thinking that like, you would go in and grab evidence and then rewind like you would do one of the things where you rewind and rewind and rewind until you get all the evidence and mm-hmm. then you go back to before you blow up the bomb and, and, and while chloe is sitting there muttering and it's like okay i got the files yeah yeah but uh no it, it so it took me a minute to figure that but i thought that was really well done um and while you're searching the office you discover that the principal has a stash of money in his desk yeah this is your first uh important uh well, important choice for the episode. I left the money. I also left the money. 
I I regretted that actually. I wished I would have taken the money later on, but obviously you can't go back that far. So yeah, the uh, well, the only implication that I noticed was that there was a sign that saying that there's going to be uh, handicap accessible accessibility added to the girls' dorm. And I assume the boys' dorm as well, but I just never noticed that the sign appears because it, yeah, you know, it, by that point, you're no longer going that direction on campus. Yeah. It would have, uh, it would have made the interaction with Frank later much easier. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have taken the money, but you know, you can't rewind that far. So, uh, after that, you have well, this. Well, well oh, you, get, you grab a lot of files, uh, uh, essentially information on, uh, Rachel on, uh, on Kate, on well, you look at your own file as well, of course, because you're a teenager. Yeah, and I, I love the uh, comment that, uh, of course, I'm going to look up my own file. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, um, and you, and you also grab uh, info on uh, who else? Oh, well, you look at uh, Chloe's file as well. Yeah, bad you Chloe. Can, you can look at Chloe's file. You can look at Victoria's file. Nathan's, Rachel's. Uh, well, you also realize that. Uh, Nathan's file is basically being scrubbed clean constantly. Yeah. And you also get on uh, the principal's computer and get Nathan's real file, if I call correctly. Yeah. Um, and this is when you start to realize that, okay, the police aren't going to do jack shit against Nathan. Yep, yep. Then you start to realize, like, okay, Nathan's family... Like, Nathan's not just full of shit. His family really is paying off somebody at the school, probably the principal, maybe other people. So, um, then there's, there's this huge scene that takes quite a bit of time to go through that, uh, where you just go hang out with Chloe, you break into the, yeah, Chloe decides, you know, since we're here, we're going to go break into the, uh, the school heated pool because why the hell not? That was a great scene too. I mean, you can do a little bit of exploring and just like finding extra info on other people and things, Mm -hmm. but I just loved the interaction between Chloe and Max. Like, before I was kind of annoyed with Chloe. I was like, okay, she's okay. She's kind of annoying. But the pool scene was what really turned it around for me with Chloe. Cause it, I really felt like they had this connection that they were rebuilding, um, you know, rapidly rebuilding. And you can see the spark when they interact with each other. And there's yeah. this moment where they almost kiss anyways. Um, oh, and just... the next decision. Yeah. There's, there's this moment where they almost kiss in the pool and it's just, the whole scene is again just another example of great storytelling and great character development, and just really sucking me into the characters and making me yeah. And Chloe invested. and uh, Max, uh, yeah, just uh, bonding essentially. I mean, Grand they had a bonding moment before, but this is uh, after the tension with Kate, uh, that relaxing moment, that uh, the calm after the storm. Yeah. Um. So after that, though, the campus security shows up and you have to escape. And this is the first stealth sequence. It's super easy to get past. Yeah, um, um, well, with the rewind powers, you could cheese it pretty easily as well. Yeah, I didn't even have to rewind, though. It was so easy. I didn't even rewind. Only uh, time I had to rewind was I hit in a stall and I was too close to the end. So I guess my shadow was uh, showing or something under the stall. Yeah. Uh, so I rewound and I hit one stall back and I was able to uh, get past the guard. Yeah. I just walked around the set of lockers uh, opposite the guard who came in and then just left 
once I got to the side where I could run out to the pool and then go out that way. Well, uh, it was the second guard that was coming in from the pool side that I was hiding from. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was easy. And then you hop in, uh, in Chloe's truck and you go back to her house and hang yeah, out. Yeah, which was, uh, yeah, very stealthy, uh, on that let, on that leaving. And it's not yeah, like that she, truck is distinctive at all. No, she just peels out and the guards run out and it's very obvious that they see the truck and, and, and yeah, wasn't that David? Yeah. I think it was David that runs out and sees the truck. It's hard to tell though because it's kind of dark. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was David, and even if he didn't see the truck, you know uh, that truck has a very distinctive sound. Yeah. Um, and a very distinctive smoke cloud. <laughs> that poor truck. I just kept waiting on it to break down every episode. I'm like, this truck's gonna break down soon, guys. It's it's falling apart on you, but it made it. it no, made it's it. the Illuminati. <laughs> Uh, that's one thing I loved is that all the graffiti uh, around Chloe. Yeah, I have to say that chapter three was when I really started noticing a lot of the foreshadowing for chapters four and five. Uh, at least I took it as foreshadowing, like the messages in the truck and in her room that are like, you have to let go. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't do this forever and, and you know, be at peace and things like that. I was noticing all of that going, you know, this is way too concise of a message from all of these things for it to not be foreshadowing and especially for a punk kid yeah especially for a punk kid see i didn't catch the uh the messages but that's still the theme of the game so you know it's one of those things that it's kind of hammered to your head anyway yeah and this is the first point where i was like okay the the time travel has something to do with these visions that you have of the storm oh i I was pretty sure that the time travel was, uh, yeah, some, I, well, at this point, I thought the storm was still a metaphor, but I thought, yeah, it was more of a metaphor of something big happening that your time travel was going to try to help avoid. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in that boat. And then when I saw all this stuff, I was thinking, no, this feels a little more like a little more visceral, a little more real. I, I think that the storm is literal and we're going to, going to see some stuff have to do with the storm like that's when i kind of put two and two together and was yeah honestly i still like the idea that the storm being a metaphor i think the storm being a metaphor is a much better concept but i think they did a great job foreshadowing the reality of the whole mm -hmm. thing well well, let's continue on yeah uh you had her and uh, and we didn't even talk about uh what was the uh, big thing uh was the eclipse uh chapter two or yeah, it snows chapter one, eclipses chapter two, uh, yeah, beach okay. whales is chapter three. Spoiler. Well, uh, well, that's beach also uh, well, that's also something else going on as well. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. So you spend the night at Chloe's house, and when you wake up in the morning and are trying to get gr- get dressed, the next major decision happens, uh, and Chloe dares you to kiss her. Did you kiss Chloe? No. I did. Well, looking at the friend stats, it was a 0%. Yeah. So, so you it, were- it, was, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. And, and my reasoning behind this was that I looked at Chloe and Max's relationship, and I saw still how fixated Chloe was on Rachel, and that Max to Chloe was a replacement, uh, the same way that Rachel was a replacement for Max in the beginning. So... I didn't feel right for Max to do that yet. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a very, very valid point 
of you. Um, but well, that, was, uh, that, that sounds like a, a civil way of saying I'm full of bullshit. No, I don't think you are. I just, I mean, I, I you just, and I think differently about things. And I just like was focused so much on the connection that I felt in the previous scene. No, no, no. Um, I meant it. You wanted to see him kiss from like chapter one. No, I I did not like Chloe in chapter one, and in chapter two I was kind of like eh. Because she was kind of fun, but I was like, you're dumb, and you're just well, going to get me in trouble. Well, also, I was seeing all the mood swings, and I saw any relationship uh, beyond friendship being not good for Max in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, and I was thinking that Max is probably have, has too much on her plate as well to even consider this. Yeah. I just was so... In, I was just so caught up in their connection, which I think any teenager would be. I mean, I was I was a teenager once. I got caught up in connections all the time. Oh uh, my! And I just was like, she has to. She had like she's got to. She wouldn't do anything else. My Max wouldn't do anything else except kiss Chloe. Um. So, yep. Then you get ready and go downstairs. Well, well uh, there is one thing is that uh, your clothes are still soaked with, uh, uh, well, chlorine water, <laughs> you know, pool water. Yeah, and, they smell. Uh, reek. So you put on one of Rachel's old outfits. Yeah. And you go downstairs and uh, David and Joyce are fighting. Yep. Well, uh, well, well, they, well, they, there's a fight that breaks out because. Uh, he accuses uh, Chloe of uh, breaking the school, doesn't he? Or I can't yeah. remember what triggers the fight. Uh, you go into his garage. Like Chloe gets into a fight with Joyce on purpose, so that you can go in the garage. And when yeah. you come out, they're fighting. I'm not sure what actually triggered the fight. I do know that there was a uh, phone message that uh, <laughs> that was telling David that they saw Chloe's truck uh, near the school that I deleted. Yeah, I deleted the message as well. Deleted. I knew, like, in my head, I'm going, this isn't going to prevent it from, prevent them from finding out, but it will delay it. Yeah. And that might buy us time for something in the future, so. I delete the message. But anyways, they're fighting. Um, and you can choose whether or not to side with Chloe or side with David. Uh, and David enjoy David makes a case, like, you know, I was wrong for, for hitting Chloe and I was wrong for this and that. Um, and you can choose to side with David at that point. And the stats reflect that very few people were won over by his argument. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I was not one of them. I was not either. I immediately sided with Chloe. Yeah. And the, yelled at David. Yeah. I did not see. Yeah. I, I, I agreed with Joyce what she said later on that if it happened once, it could happen again. Yeah. Well, I mean, me, therapist, like, cycle of abuse. Like, if he does mm -hmm. it once. Within the way that he acts, like, I didn't think it was the first time he'd ever hit Chloe. Uh, and, and she didn't act like it was either. No, she did not. So I was thinking, like, okay, this is a cycle of abuse. Oh, He's not good sake. for her. What did you say? Uh, uh, Paul's here. Oh, choo-choo train. Now it's late. Yeah, really. So I did not look up this fight. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. I don't know what happens if you side with David. But siding with Chloe and also having the slap happen, Joyce tells David to leave. Uh, he's going to have to pack up his things and leave. She tells him to go to a motel at this time, and then later yeah. he winds up leaving. Uh, or having an option, too. 
Uh, There's an option in the end of chapter five. uh, If you follow this uh, course. Okay. Which I think I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Um, but so, so then that ends and Chloe is super happy. Um, and Oh, right before this, uh, Joyce, Chloe's mom, uh, is making pancakes and she shows you or gives you a photo from when the last photo, uh, William, Chloe's biological father took. Yeah. Before he died, uh, when Chloe was was, happy. uh, Yeah. It was, uh, Max and Chloe. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little confused on the order of events right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot there's in this a game. There's a lot of stuff that happens in Chapter 3. I think Chapter 3 has got the most things going, like the most separate, um, or the most amount of, of different paths going on at once. I'm going to disagree with Chapter 5 and say Chapter 5. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe I'm th- I guess maybe the better way to say it is there's more active story threads. Yeah, okay. Chapter 5 has a lot of time jumping, I guess, but you're doing one thing the whole time. In this one, there's, well, everything. Like, there's going to the school, there's going way back in time, there's the whole thing mm-hmm. where you have to go to Frank's place. Um, maybe we should, I should look this up just to get the, <laughs> the flow of events correctly, because I'm getting fuzzy on what happened next after okay. this. So, take just a moment to pull up the wiki. Okay, so yeah, where, next is you go to the diner. All right. I was thinking that was right because the episode ends after the massive time jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, yeah, I was just a little bit confused because there's so many things going on. So yeah, so after this point, you leave the diner, or you yeah. don't leave the diner, you leave Chloe's house and you go to the diner. Uh, you're looking for Frank. Yeah, to uh, get his keys to try to get his, uh, essentially his uh, client list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're still looking for evidence about what happened to Kate and what happened to Rachel. Rachel. Um, and you suspect that Nathan is involved with Frank. So you go to the diner, and he's there. Um, yeah, this was uh, kind of an annoying sequence for me, just because uh, there was so much going back and forth between about three characters. Yeah, I loved, though, like when you... So you have to get the keys to, to get into his RV. You can't... It doesn't let you break in or anything. Yeah. And so I loved walking into the diner to talk to him. And there's quite a few ways that this scene could go wrong. And I got it right. Um, like, you have to get it wrong once. And then it prompts you to go uh, talk to other people that are in the diner to try and find something out to, in order to advance the conversation with Frank. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of his uh, options to get it wrong is to grab his plate of beans and just spill them on the floor. I love that. Because she's like, I just wanted to see what would happen if I did this. And, I, like, that's exactly what I was thinking before. I was like, I wonder what happened if I just, like, dump his beans on, like, on the floor or on him. Honestly, like, I was expecting her to just grab his plate of beans and shove them in his face. Yeah, I was expecting that, too. But she's, like, all, like, snarky, like, I just want to see what would happen if I did this. I was like, girl, you know what's up. Or I take his, you, what was it, beer? Yeah, you can pour his beer out. Uh, I think you pour it on his head. Yeah. And those are massive failures. And also, you can get him to lay his keys on the table, and if you try and snatch him, that's also a fail. That's how I did it. Is that how you did it? You yeah, I got him. him. Yeah, I got him to lay his keys on the uh, on the table. Uh, I snatched the keys and then rewound. Had his keys. 
Oh, you're right. It counts that as like a failure because he's going to attack you, but you rewind and you've still got his keys. You're right. That's right. Well, you did something different? No, that's how I did it, but I was just thinking that that was just a straight-up failure and I got him some some other way. But now that you say that, that's you're right. That's exactly what happened, and I guess I'm just misremembering it. Well, there's a lot to remember. <laughs> True, and I think you can actually talk him out of his keys. Um, or if you've got the money, uh, you can get him to come back over to the RV and and uh, get his money from Chloe, and then he goes back into the diner to eat. Um, and But he opens his RV and leaves it unlocked when he goes to put the money inside. Yeah, too drunk to remember to lock his RV, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the next major choice, though, is with his dog, Pompadou. Which I think is a stupid name, um, but well, uh, it really wasn't originally his dog, so I assume that wasn't the dog's. Yeah, that wasn't his choice to give the dog that name, but he kept it anyway. Yeah, fair point. Um, but anyways, which so, uh, well, we should say that you start to get uh, the hint that Frank isn't all bad because some of the chatting you learn that he saved a bunch of uh, dogs from a dog fighting ring. Yeah, and that's why he got his dog Pompadou. And also, like, just skipping this choice for just a second, when you get inside the RV and you're looking around, you realize that he actually really did care for Rachel, and he wasn't just stringing her out with drugs. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of evidence that they actually had a really good, healthy, or at least somewhat healthy relationship. Yeah, well, as healthy as they could have. Yeah. Um, But, so anyways, the choice is, um, the dog runs out, and you have a bone. Then you can choose to throw the bone in the parking lot, or throw the bone into the road. Uh, parking lot. Yeah, I threw it in the parking lot. I'd never even looked to see what it, it happened if I threw it in the road. I assume it hurt the, either hurt or killed the dog. But the dog gets run over by a car and dies. Oh, damn. Yeah, I but, looked that one up. Yeah, 94 versus 6%. Yeah, only 6% of people are either completionists or assholes who hurt the dog. Or they just uh, really hate Frank and want to hurt Frank. That's true. But that also, I mean, that's the super dick move. Like, just... Throw throw Frank out in traffic, not his dog. Or just throw the uh, keys to his RV on the roof. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe does that. I figured that would have consequences, too, but it doesn't. Frank is yeah. just like, later on, he's like, I lost my keys. And they're on a roof. Uh, well, I assume that he had to get spare keys, or he has extra keys. Yeah. Um, and then the other choice, which just happens inside the RV. Um, Actually... I never had this choice. You didn't have this choice. Interesting. Um, I, it, I guess I never triggered it because I found the, I got uh, this, yeah, the stuff with Rachel, the letter, and seeing the photos and everything pretty quickly, and then I found the uh, client list and left. I never had the choice with the gun. Yeah, ever. I looked this up. I mean, you have to if if Frank takes your gun in episode two, you can find it in the RV and choose to give it back to Chloe. Yeah, um, since I never found the, the gun to have the choice, David still had the gun at the end of uh, this episode, which is mean Frank. Uh, Frank. Had uh, sorry, Frank. Gun. Yeah, yeah. Frank uh, had David's gun, which is the minority choice by far. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did not get to make the choice because I kept the gun at the end of chapter two, so it wouldn't be in the RV for me to find. Yeah. Well, it was in the RV for for me to find. I never found the gun, so Frank still had the gun at this point for me. Yep. Uh, so after this in the story, uh, Chloe takes you back to your dorm and she goes back to her house and you're looking at the photo. Yeah. That wishing Joyce that you could, you. uh, yeah. Wishing that you could change uh, other things. And, and then you realize 
like that there's something weird going on with the photo and it's got this little just mechanic or yeah uh, whatever favorite is batman uh hacking game where you have to uh, control the well for the dual shot controller control the thumbsticks just right and it brings the photo into focus and you're able to essentially jump into the photo Yep, and so then you jump back in time to when you and Chloe are like 12 or 13, something like that. 13. Yeah, 13, and it's the, the day that her dad uh, dies. Yeah, And William. you're thinking, yeah, and you're thinking, holy crap, like, maybe I can avoid everything if I can figure out how to save William. So you go through this scene a few, or a couple of different times, uh, as just different events happen, trying to do different things to change the outcome. Well, I, it's, I got the uh, the proper out or the proper solution pretty much right away because I knew that he'd gone in an accident at this point. Uh, so you know, prevent him from uh, uh, well driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my idea, well, my first idea was, well, if Joyce can't call David, then he can't leave the house. And then because yeah, I tried that. hiding the keys at first, but he's got the little clapper or the little alarm on him, and he could find the keys. So, I got past that right away. <laughs> I uh, I unplugged the phone, but it's still like in the early to mid two thousands. Mm-hmm. So he has a cell phone, so that doesn't work. Uh, I tried answering the phone when it rang and hanging up, and and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he takes the phone from you, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Joyce. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Max was doing there, but you know, just being silly." Um, I tried hiding the keys in a couple different places. It took me a little bit to figure out that you could open the window and throw the keys out the window. Well, my big, uh, it took me the longest to find the keys and, you know, that was just letting the scene play out. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, happened to, uh, grab the keys and then was like, okay, what do I do with these? No, the window. And then when he pulled out that little uh, clicker thing uh, to find the keys, it's like, oh shit. But I guess he couldn't hear it from outside. Yeah, I tried putting the keys in a couple of different places, thinking, like, oh, maybe, like, if I put them, because you can put them in the plant, you can put them in a pot and close the lid, you can put them, I don't know why, but you can put them in the basket next to the phone. Um, That just speeds the scene up, because you're like, oh, hey, here's my keys in the basket, and he just leaves. <laughs> but I, I just, I really like that there was a lot of different things you could try. Like, there's only one correct solution, and I'm okay with that, because it lets you explore a bunch of different ways to try and try and solve it actually there might be i didn't actually look there might be more than one solution i don't know uh no idea i just happened upon a solution that worked and stuck with it yeah but uh anyway like it took me longer so, to find the keys themselves and just happened to walk close enough to the window that the prompt came up yeah so chloe's dad leaves and max like runs up to chloe and she's like i did it i did it everything's gonna be different and chloe's like what's going on you're crazy but whatever we're friends so it's fine uh and then you're back in the future and you're on the campus again but everything's different well well, there's a sequence with different photos coming up and them changing as well which was really cool yeah and all they show were happy things um Mm -hmm. like chloe's life seems to have turned out for the better and Max is, to some extent, like, she's got nicer clothes, and well, she's uh, more popular. Max uh, looks like she is, puts herself out there a lot more, but at this point, uh, the journal changes for the first time. Yeah. Uh, where Max doesn't write all that much. Yeah, there's a lot fewer entries in the journal. There's two pages, and, you know, it covers a month. Yeah. When Whenever you first start the game, you have, I think, half a dozen pages. Yeah, I was going to say so, like six or seven, something like that. 
so, uh, something on that order, but uh, she's uh, has uh, she's part of the popular clique. She's uh, has nicer clothes, but it also seems like she has a worse relationship with her uh, parents because the messages from them seem a little bit more off-putting. Yeah. Yeah, that that's something we've neglected to mention the entire time. You get texts from various people, and some of them are story-related and some of them are not. And you can just go look at your phone from time to time, and sometimes you'll have, have text messages that just have little nuggets of story goodness in them. Yeah, uh, particularly I love the ones from Warren. You know, him just uh, uh, talking about going ape after the <laughs> after agreeing to go to the movies. I yeah, and picking was, up the tickets and everything. You know, getting set for date night. Yeah, um, he gets uh, weirded and, out if you kiss Chloe too. He's like, <laughs> uh, like Chloe texted me and I forget exactly what it says, but he's like, she texted me and it's like, if you want her to come with us, that's fine. We can just be <laughs> friends, like. <laughs> Oh, and unfortunately, Warren. you can't choose to respond. Like, like Max's response is like, "No, we're we're still going. It's fine. Don't worry about it." But I wish you could choose the response, but that's whatever. Anyway, yeah, see, I never had that uh, pop up. Yeah, I, but, and I can't recall what chapter it is in. But we'll say this: uh, it's related to the text. Is that there's one point where you get a text during class, and if you hit the prompt to uh, bring up your text messages, you're actually told uh, put your cl- uh, phone away. It's yeah, yeah, class. I did that. I did that too. Um, what chapter is it? It's I think it's chapter two, right before the the suicide attack. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't recall though, but but it was uh, funny. Yeah, because you start to it flashes it up for a moment, then it put, it, then you're being told about Mr. Jefferson. Put your phone away. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so everything's different, and you're like Max is like, I need to go see Chloe. I need to go see what happened with Chloe. So she gets up and she goes to Chloe's house and you can see like everything seems like happy. Like it's everything's really nicely framed, beautiful images. She realizes that David like doesn't he, he's driving the bus instead of the security yeah. guy and he doesn't recognize her or anything. So she's yeah, like, this is the point where the beached whales are uh, uh, show up as well. Yeah. And then the beach whales show up and you're like, oh, that's weird. But at this point, like in my head, I'm going, OK, so Max is changing stuff like whenever she changes stuff. There's these weird reactions. So, beach whales make sense to me, like because I don't, I don't think this logic makes sense when I'm going. Beach whales are huge, and Max just made huge changes, so it makes sense that there would be a whole bunch of beach whales. I don't, I don't think that logic actually checks out. And now that I think about no, it, no, but I, it makes more sense on what happened to Chloe because they are stuck. Yeah. Um. So, uh. You get to Chloe's house and you see William there and you're like, yes, I did it. I saved him. Uh, and he's like, oh, good. You should come see Chloe. And the way that the camera angle and everything looks, yeah, I immediately it, go, something's yeah. not right. Before yeah, you I even was see not Max's... expecting. Yeah, I was not expecting things to happen, uh, hap- uh, to be happily done here because just the way William was holding himself and talking about uh, how he, she doesn't get many visitors. It's like. That's yeah. about good. Yeah, that, that teeny bit of foreshadowing and then like just the way that it's shot, like you don't get to see Chloe at first. You're we're watching Max for a reaction and for a couple of seconds before she sees Chloe and reacts, yeah, and, I'm like, Yeah, and from the hallway wrong. of the house uh, looking out, uh, essentially Chloe's point of view. Yep. And then they, you see Max, like she gasps and the camera flips around and uh, Chloe is in a a wheelchair and she's paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. 
And then it just ends. That's the end of the episode. Oh, I'm sad just thinking about it. Like, Yeah, I mean, damn. Oh, there's a tear. Like, just thinking about it is making me, like, tear up a little bit. I was so sad. So, because it's like, at, at this point, yeah, I felt defeated. Yeah, there was, so much ha- there was so much happiness that you saved William. And with the interactions of William, uh, well, in this episode, but also the next. Yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, William is a really good dad. He's a great guy. Yeah, I think he's my favorite of the minor characters. Yeah. Even though I, he has probably the least screen time, unless you uh, count some of the girls that you just, you know, have story time with that you just don't interact with at all. I think I think he's the most impactful of all the minor characters. Yeah. Like, not just in terms of what happens in the story versus when he's alive versus dead, but just, like... His presence. Impression, yeah, his presence is just amazing man he's good he's good real good um do you need a moment no i'm good i'm good okay uh yep and then so yeah that's it just ends and leaves you on this feeling of like defeat and and sadness and thankfully i could immediately go to chapter four otherwise like i would have been devastated if i'd been playing this when it first came out have to wait (laughs) um Okay, so uh, choices. Uh, Lisa is alive at this point for me. Uh, yep, Lisa's alive. Uh, let's see. I did not help Warren with his exam. I did help Warren with his exam. You yeah, can- well, I looked at it this way. He already was, he had a B plus, and I think he would have realized that, yeah, something was up if I gave him an A. See, because I had helped him earlier with his experiment, he gets an A minus, and you just change it to an A plus. Hmm. I can't remember uh, which it was, but yeah, yeah, it just didn't felt right. I didn't think Warren would appreciate the help and sarcasm quotes. Yeah. Let's see. I am still not on the Vortex Club party list. I am still. As uh, a matter of fact, I even erased some names. I did not erase any names. Because I was feeling vindictful against the Vortex Club. Uh, speaking of erasing, I also erased the cop's uh, answering uh, phone message. Yeah, I have to say answer phone. Why did yeah, you yeah, say I w- yeah, I, I, answering I was a- machine or something? Yeah. Uh, and it, it does say a- answer phone. That's not rage stumbling over a word like he yeah. does sometimes. It really well, no, I was stumbling. Phone. Well, I was stumbling over a word because I was expecting answering machine and I didn't really pay attention to this beforehand. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a Northwestern thing. I don't know. Maybe. That might be it. Regionalism. Let's see. I helped Elisa again. Yep, I did too. I also warned the homeless woman. I did not. I didn't see her. Uh, this was actually the second time I talked to her, and I, I really liked the homeless woman. I, I, I completely missed her. I mean, I talked to a lot of people around the diner, uh, like the fishermen. She and... was uh, behind the diner. See, you I didn't go... go behind the diner. Yeah, you had to go around the diner uh, behind it, and... Uh, there wasn't a lot of story there, but she talked about uh, the Prescott family, uh, you know, hinting that you know something was going on there. Yeah, and eventually uh, you could tell her that a storm's coming, and uh, she leaves. Yeah, she did not leave, so I'm sure you can imagine what happens to her in chapter five. Actually, I can't be sure she was gone. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. I took a photo in the past. I did not. Um, I think I I actually took this photo and then through rewinding I undid it and I didn't do it again. 
Uh, let's see. And I left a mark on the fireplace. Um, I did originally, but again, because I rewound a bunch of times, I forgot to do it on the time I actually succeeded. Yeah, that was one of the uh, first things I found. Uh, yeah, I was looking around for the keys, and it's like, oh, what's this? Yeah. And that's all the choices for Chaos Theory. And uh, Damn, what an impactful ending. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. Oh, tough episode. Uh, okay. Um... So uh, thoughts? It was, it was great. I loved. Uh, that's a common phrase. It was great. <laughs> I, I mean, I really loved everything about the episode, and then it just like tore my heart out at the end. I felt so good about everything that I had been doing. Yeah, and, and I could just like actually see you made it worse. The, yeah, I could honestly see the uh, thing happen with Chloe because looking back, she never put her seatbelt on. <laughs> so I could easily see her. Yeah. You know, uh, well, what happened was uh, she got cut off and was thrown into a ditch. And I yeah. imagine she got ejected from the car or from the truck that she got. Yeah. And that's the thing is that one of the last photos you see in the changing is uh, a uh, photo changing to her holding up truck keys. A, a yep. nice truck, I might add. Not the beater that she usually drives. Yep. And I think it's after the episode ends or after you – at some point it shows you a photo of the truck crash, but it doesn't show you the first time you see all of the photos of what changed. Yeah, I think uh, it's whenever you're changing things back. Oh, spoilers. Uh, well, yeah, I mean it's not exactly spoilers. I mean you, you know, you're not going to leave Chloe uh, paralyzed from the neck down. No. So the next chapter starts and you're hanging out with Chloe. Um and you go to the beach, and you watch a movie together, and you just kind of experience Chloe's life as it is now. Yeah, you see how she rolls. <laughs> oh. And then you can spend some time talking to uh, Joyce and William, and just see and how their life is different. And you realize just how much in debt they are. Yeah. It seems like, it, no matter the timeline, the Price family is, has just crippling debt. Yeah, they get screwed no matter what. Um, so you, I mean, you can explore the house and just really check in and see how everything's going. Yeah, uh, and, the short version uh, of the story, it's not going well. Chloe yeah, is actually dying; her respiratory system is failing. Yeah, which is common. Well, supposedly, I didn't look up to make sure that the writers got this right. That a common in paraplegics that, or quadriplegics, I should say, uh, that you know, the respiratory system could just. Uh, get weaker and weaker until they essentially suffocate. Yeah. And speaking of suffocating, it, the Price family is uh, just drowning in debt because they can't pay to have Chloe on all this medicine and uh, with all this care. And they're getting, they got kicked off of their insurance. But if they uh, pay uh, the uh, weekly payment of $1,200, then they can get back on their insurance. Yeah, then go back to rehab. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it was uh, just sad seeing how things were. Yeah. And uh, seeing Chloe ask for morphine. And I, I was expecting this first choice to happen because of that and not a conscious tr uh, question. Yeah, I was expecting this to happen too. Um, all of this culminates in Chloe asking you to kill her. By overdosing her with morphine. Yeah, I was um, honestly expecting her to have a negative reaction to the morphine, especially after finding out the respiratory problems. 
Yeah. And it being uh, uh, a choice of, you know, giving her relief and accidentally killing her. Yeah. But what? not a conscious choice. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking that it, it might be an accident, too. Um, or maybe, like, Chloe would trick you and tell you to do it, but she tells you to do it wrong on purpose so that yeah, you feel hard don't get a uh, choice in it. Yeah, especially how she commented how they keep the morphine upstairs so she can't get to it. Yeah. I mean, granted, you know, even if they kept it next to her bed, you know, it's kind of hard for her to get to it. Yeah, because she can't move her arms. Um, but As a matter of fact, she even comments about the last thing she remembers feeling about her body was her back snapping. Yeah. Uh, so what did you do? Did you kill her or did you refuse I to I accepted her? the re- request. I killed her. I did too. Uh, how difficult was that for you to do? That was a choice I sat there and I looked at for a while and I went back and forth on uh, doing it or not. I never rewound to see it. Well, I didn't even look to see if I could rewind that. I just uh, sat there and then eventually hit it. Yeah, you can rewind because you have to focus on the picture to go back. Again. Well, I wasn't even sure if I could or not. It's just one of those that I I didn't want any take backs on it. And it was, I just knew she was in so much pain and knew that she was slowly dying and she was going to essentially suffocate to death. There was no way to put her through that. Yeah, I uh, I did the same because you can, you instead of making the choice directly, I, this is one of the only choices. It might be the only choice where you're like, I don't know. Like, that's one of the answers. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Something like that. And you have another few conversational exchanges with Chloe where she, like, explains her reasons a little bit more and basically, like, begs you to help her. And it, yeah, I see, did I didn't even do that. Uh, what did she say? Um, You know, you're like, I don't know, Chloe, if I can do that to you. I just came back. And Chloe, like, expresses, like, no, no, I really loved what happened today. But she's like, I, I like, she reiterates the point that, like, no, I'm, I'm going to die no matter what. And this way... um my parents don't have to see me suffer anymore. And at that point I was like, okay, you're right. So, yeah, but also it comes down to, okay, your parents are going to find you dead in your room. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and depending on how these timelines play out after Max, uh, focuses on the photo, Max sitting there next to Chloe's, uh, bed after tampering with the morphine. Yeah. Yeah, they that, waste- that's also something else that I sat there and thought about. It's like, oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, Chloe Prime. Whether They don't say whether or not that Chloe's leaving behind alternate realities. They question it, and they make you question it at one yeah. point. But they never outright say yay or nay. And so, ultimately, I was like, you know what? I'm Chloe Prime. It's going to suck, but every reality spins off another reality. So there is one reality where I refuse Chloe's request and there's one where I accept it. And as Chloe or, and as max prime, I was like, you know what? I, I'm making the choice to be the reality that accepts it. How Bioshock infinite of you. Indeed. Um, Hopefully this has a more satisfying ending in that game. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, then you fo- refocus on the photo, the same photo. Uh, it takes you back to being 13-year-old girls again. And uh, then you just let it play out like normal. Uh, except Max takes the photo and burns it so that yeah. she can't go back to that point anymore in time. Yeah, so she can't be tempted to try to change things again. 
Yeah. Part of me kind of wishes that there was a secondary option grant. This would have probably thrown way too many wrenches into things, considering how things play out, to try to prevent Chloe from getting in the wreck in the first place. To yeah. try to uh, try, try to have some sort of happy medium between William still being alive and Chloe still being at least healthy. Yeah, but that does break the arbitrary rules because in order to go back in time beyond uh, until she gets into the weird time loop, and in order to go back in time, you have she has to have the photos where she was present. And True, you can't and because she was gone during the time that Chloe wrecked. Unless the plot demands it, Max can't go back to there. Yeah, that's the thing, is that because they break their own rules at times, it's hard to not see these op- optern- uh, alternate uh, options as well. Or even if Max could have been a better friend. Yeah. That's the other option. Yeah. So, after you change time, you wake up uh, in Chloe's house, and everything is back to the way it was before. Yeah, and they're getting their Sherlock on. Yep. Uh, wait, do they do that at this point? Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Max, like, snaps out of it, and Chloe's yeah, like, didn't we already talk about this? Yeah, they're in the process of trying to put together all the clues to figure out what the hell is going on. You're right. You're right. And so, one of uh, the things that they have to do is go get Nathan's phone in order to get his messages to try to piece together where Nathan was, because they have the all the coordinates from David's stuff. And he was tracking different cars, so they need time. Also, David's stuff is encrypted. Uh, or not David. Um, Frank's stuff is laid out there, and it's in- encrypted. Like, he's got a code. Yeah. And so they need his... Um, they need what, to, him to break the code, essentially. Yeah. So, like, Max and, and Chloe talk about that and get ready. And then you go... Max goes down... or They both go downstairs, and David is leaving. Uh, at least the way that I had done yeah, David's yeah, leaving. This t- yeah, on this timeline, uh, David's leaving, and uh, he guilt trips the hell out of you. I did not feel guilty, actually. I felt a little guilty, because it, it was the first time that he really seemed to show remorse and realized that he fucked up. Yeah. I did feel that, and I felt like he was trying to make me feel guilty, but I was like, dude, you don't make me feel guilty. You deserve this. You well, made your the- bed, now it's time to go lie in it. Well, at the same time, it's... One of those things that he needs help and he hasn't been seeking it. Right. And that comes into play later on when he, you talk to him uh, in chapter five. Yeah. Um. So he leaves. And then if you save Kate, which we both did, you go to the hospital to see Kate. Yeah. Uh, if you did not save Kate, you don't go to the hospital. So you yeah, get this is just a little extra scene. It doesn't have much story implications you do get a little help from kate but it's not major yeah clay kate makes uh one of your tasks or your next task easier because you're you're going to break into nathan's room in his dorm and she's like oh i can tell you where his dorm which room is his and so you don't have to like search and figure out which one is is his because uh i think all of the room maps are covered up or something in the in the boys dorm so you don't know which room is his yeah, they uh, the boys are just uh, pigs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but to be fair, yeah, looking at the slates, not hard to figure out. No. Um. So 
I mean, it's a nice scene that you have with Kate. Um, honestly, I felt like it was kind of pointless. Uh, I don't know if it, it was... It felt like a reward for uh, paying attention to Kate. That's what it was. It felt like a reward instead of some sort of genuine character development. So, I was not super impressed by this Kate scene. But, you know, it was it was still okay. Chloe apologizes to you uh, if you accepted the phone call from Kate. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm well, glad you accepted uh, that here's call. the thing is that, uh, is that I, I did look this one up because I wanted to see what would happen. If you uh, didn't accept the call, uh, Chloe says, well, don't worry. You'll see her in a class. It's not going to kill her. That is powerful dialogue, actually. Yeah. That is well written. Yeah, I saw that and thought, damn, that's just a one-off line that is, you know, if you don't really think about it, you know, it's, it's something that feels natural, but at the same time, damn. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine, you know, what Chloe would have felt in that hospital after saying that line. Because there had to be a condition on that. Probably. Um, so after this, you go to the dorms. Uh, you go to the boys' dorms specifically so that you can get... Yeah, this is the only time you go in the boys' dorms. And it's... Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Is this area creepy? Yeah. Um, you get what you need from Nathan's room. And, yeah, man, I'd... his room is... Whew. Uh, the den of a serial killer. Yeah, I mean, the gist of what you're supposed to be getting from that is that Nathan is a psychopath. Yeah, but we uh, which already is, knew that. Which is technically true, but actually Nathan suffers from reactive attachment disorder. Which basically is severe neglect or manipulation from a child's parents when they're young. Which basically turns into a specific form of psycho- psychopathy. And, I mean, all of the symptoms are present. I don't know if they actually knew that, or if they did their homework, or if they just went for the kind of standard well, psychopath stuff. Well, with the stuff. Uh, reveal on this, uh, on, at the end of this episode, maybe it's him being directed as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got this interesting relationship with Mr. Jefferson, which, you know, I almost said spoilers, but we're way beyond that point. Yeah. Beyond that at this point. And he's got this sort of odd father-son relationship which plays into uh, reactive attachment disorder, like family father, like family figures either react one of two ways. It's like either you go crazy or you basically revert to being a child again. And he's just doing everything that Mr. Jefferson is telling him to do. Basically, he's being manipulated easily. So yeah, and then you, uh, there's also the letter that makes that at the time I thought it was uh, to his father. Uh, basically saying that, you know, don't say my name out in public, uh, use burner phones. And I thought, oh, that's weird. But, you know, finding out after the fact, it's like, oh, yeah. fuck. I had that revelation, too, that his father's like a really weird guy. But, I mean, they continue to reinforce that his family almost feels like a cult. But. Yeah, the only normal seeming one was the one that was in the Peace Corps in Brazil. Yeah, the his sister, I think, is who that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, they continue to reinforce this weird, crazy family narrative. And so I just assumed that his dad was crazy. Um, and, you know, some sort of mental issue, probably the same sort of conditioning that Nathan's getting, except he managed to make it to adulthood without snapping. 
Shit's but, fucked up, yo. But yeah, I think that that probably is Mr. Jefferson, actually. Has to be. Yeah. Especially uh, talking about don't use my name out in public. Yeah. Um, but so anyways, you get what you need and you're going to leave the dorm and Nathan shows up. And uh, Warren also shows up to protect you. <laughs> and they get into a fight. And there's a certain bit of the fight that happens no matter what. And then partway through, you get the choice to let Warren just beat Nathan to a pulp. Or you can stop Warren and you leave. Um, and Nathan just gets a little bit beat up. Yeah, I stopped Warren. I let uh, Warren beat him up. And then I rewound it and let him beat him up again. <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't want Warren to get into trouble, and at this point, it was uh, apparent that I was going to have to try to speed through things a little bit more, because it was uh, getting to the point where I needed to get some sleep. Yeah. Um, is is Warren drunk later? Uh, yes. Okay, so that happens no matter what. Um, it, does yeah. he have the conversation with you about being alpha? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess this is more of a cosmetic thing, like... Yeah, but the payoff of him headbutting Nathan. It's amazing. (laughs) The fact that, okay, when Nathan headbutted uh, Warren, yeah, it was just, yeah, he shrugged it off and just started pounding on Warren. When Warren uh, repaid the favor, yeah, yeah, Warren uh, hurt himself as well in the process. You saw him grab his head for a moment. Yeah, it's, (laughs) I I mean, I've never headbutted anyone for real, but I think I saw in like a something on the discovery channel about different fighting styles it's actually really difficult to headbutt somebody without hurting yourself and if you do it properly because the skull is the hardest bone in the body uh it can do a lot of damage but if you screw up you'll hurt yourself when you do it so i think the implication is warren doesn't know what he's doing but he's just so pissed off (laughs) um but i loved warren yeah so after that scene, you leave, and next you go to interrogate Frank, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's – okay, there's nothing in between. So yeah, then you go find Frank, uh, and you need to get his – basically his key for his uh, code or cipher that he has. Yeah. Uh, so you show up and have per- one of the most interesting sort of time travel things – so far because there's several different outcomes that you can get uh and different ways to get through them from what i gathered from going and look at the flow chart from this interaction yeah this is one that i've replayed several times because i wanted a particular uh, result once i figured out that it could happen yeah i i i okay so the first time i showed up um because i had made pretty much every wrong choice up to this point with frank uh, he got shot and killed almost immediately uh, because him and Chloe started fighting and then Pompadou jumps out and attacks. And so Chloe shoots the dog and then she shoots Frank and kills him. Yeah, and that's actually the rare choice at 6%. Well, I mean, that wasn't my final choice. I actually was like, no, I don't want Frank to die. So I rewound it and I made a few changes. Um, but I kept getting stuck. I could not get past... I, I don't know if it's because I just kept making wrong decisions to get to the point where that you're trying to get him – you ask him for his ledger, uh, and he's like, no, I don't trust you. And then you, it escalates, and there's no way to stop from escalating, and then he gets shot in the leg. Chloe winds up shooting him in the leg. At least uh, – isn't that one of the only three choices? Yeah. 
Yeah, so she shoots him in the leg. And I could not, I mean, I tried it four or five times and doing different things, and every time she shoots him in the leg. And so finally I just gave up. I was like, I, I don't have time for this. Yeah, and I didn't uh, get him uh, hurt at all at the end. Uh, my default position was pretty much uh, him getting hurt, and I wanted to see if I could get him on my side, and I did. Yeah. And uh, I got pretty quickly that he was trusting me, and I kept making the wrong final choice because it revealed that it was in his RV at some point, and that pissed him off. Yeah. Um, no, I got past all of that because uh, <laughs> the first time I was like, yeah, you already – like he was like, like I'd let you have my keys or something like that. And you were like, yeah, you already did. And he's like, <laughs> you stole my keys. What? I, I mean I was just being snarky at that point. Um, but I got past that too by like appealing to the fact that I knew that he had rescued those dogs. Yeah. But then I got to the part where, you know, you basically are just trying to figure out how to ask him for his ledger and every choice came up. No, I don't think I actually trust you basically. And then you're like, no, Frank, you've got to listen. And then he's like, no, yeah, I don't I think have to Bond listen. Was basically, I was, uh, I just had to say I was doing this for Rachel and he's like, oh, all right. And see, I tried that, but it didn't work. So. I mean, it could have been that that was my best possible outcome because I had made too many poor decisions with Frank before because he was really mad at me because, I mean, I'd pulled the gun on him and I tried to shoot him earlier. Uh, he was and we didn't pay him bur- the money. He was a little pissed with me that I, uh, that I had the gun on him, but then uh, Chloe kind of smoothed over that saying that uh, I was scared. He was like, oh, all right. And I didn't pay him the money either, so. Uh, that's where I kept uh, hitting the thing where I ha- was wounding him instead of getting him on my side. Yeah. I don't know. I shot him in the leg. I finally was like, yeah, that's good enough. If he comes back, well, I'll just deal with him. Well, plus also one, you know, one less person pissed off with me. Yeah. I already got one uh, drug uh, crazed psycho on me. I don't need a second. Yeah. Um... So once you do that, you go back to Chloe's place, and you do more detectiving. And you figure out uh, what happened. Yep. And Uh, uh, where it happened, more importantly. Yep. So you go... This is where you uh, encounter the bunker. Yep. So you go to this creepy farmhouse, uh, break in, figure out... You can hear the banjos playing in the background. Pretty much, yeah. Um, you discover that there's a bunker underground or underneath it. Yeah, a pretty recently built bunker as well. Uh, yeah. Um, you get in, and like it's very clear that like I mean, you find files and everything, like tons of evidence to prove that. At the time, you think it's Nathan, uh, who's bringing girls here and is torturing them and taking their pictures and killing them. And you discover where that Rachel, Rachel has been killed, and where she's buried. So you go yeah, there. Yeah, which, uh, ironically, it's the junkyard that you was hanging out in before. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, it's implied that the syringes that were on the ground there were the syringes that she was overdosed with and killed with. Yep. So you go there and you dig up where the body is, and it's it's there. Yeah, and Chloe uh, just breaks down. Yep. Breaks down, freaks out. Um, and then she decides, eh, time to kill Nathan. Yep, time to go kill Nathan. So, you go to the school. And the Lord Codex Club is having their party. The end of the world party, huh? ironically enough. Yep. 
And Warren takes a picture of, with you, which is important for later. Uh, but for now, it's just an annoyance. Yeah, yeah, and he's being all alpha, but yeah, he's earned it at this point. <laughs> yeah, he has. Uh, and then you go to the party, and you can interact with a ton of people there, do a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your name's not in the list, how do you get into the VIP room? Okay, how you get in is you go around to the other side, and there's this giant spool of pool floats. You push it, <laughs> and it causes a speaker to kind of just drop in the uh, water. Doesn't electrocute anyone, but you know you get all the attention on you, and you just have to run past the pool floats and rewind so all the music starts playing again, and you just sneak in the back of the of VIP area. I but see. it's just this this hilarious sequence of uh, she's pushing the uh, pool floats to get past them to sneak over to the curtains. The speaker falls. You hear the yeah you know, the stereotypical high pitched whine as the music stops. <laughs> Everyone just and, stares at you. And, Everyone looks, and she's looking over the uh, the spool like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> um, if if you're on the list, you just go you go talk to Courtney, uh, who's like one of the VP, like she's the VP or something of the well, club. Well, in in my timeline, Courtney wasn't the bouncer for this anyway. No, no, no. Courtney's like sitting at the bar. Um, but ah. you go to walk in and this person is like being a douche and they're like, no, there's no way you're on the list. So then you go talk to Courtney and she's like, yeah, I put her on the list, bitch, get out of here. And then she lets you in. Um, and then this brings to, uh, well, to the I, next I'm still decision. glad that I didn't put my name on the list because, yo, that was a hilarious sequence. That was hilarious. I'm kind of sad I missed that firsthand. I'll have to go just watch yeah, a just, YouTube video or something. Yeah, just look it. up how to break into the uh, VIP area. I'm sure that's on there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but then that brings us to the next choice. I mean, you're in the VIP area and you can talk to people, but the main thing that you do is you talk to Victoria uh, and try to warn her because you discover evidence that Victoria is probably the next victim in the yeah, bunker. The, yeah, in the dark room, there's various binders with all the disturbing images and all the evidence you ever want to find and some that you don't. And they're all labeled uh, very handily. Yeah. And there's Rachel's uh, binder, uh, uh, Katie's, uh, Kate's bunker uh, uh, binder. He has binders of women. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you remember uh, a couple of lectures ago, that would be a lot more funny. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, um. and, and Victoria has her own empty binder, implying that she's next. Yep. So you talk to Victoria and you have basically two choices to warn her or not. And then mm-hmm. based on what you've done before, uh, either she will believe you or not believe you. And basically, I'm, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I warned her and she believed me. I warned her and she did not believe me. Uh, basically, okay. So this is going to be interesting to see how things play out. Um, well, I mean, she almost believes you for a second. And then she's like, no, you're a bitch and you're wrong about Nathan. Basically, if you're mean to her before and then don't apologize, she won't believe you. Yeah, and see, I was mean I was, to her and did not apologize. Yeah, I wasn't mean to her and she still said, well, Nathan's my best friend, but you've been all right to me. I don't think you're going to uh, pull a fast one on me. Yeah. Well, she's like, and she, and well, she tells me basically like Nathan's my best friend and, you know, you've been become a star here this past week but you're also a huge bitch so uh, i how do i know that you're telling me the truth 
and then she tells you to get out of the party that she's going to kick you out herself. Yeah, she didn't even threaten to kick me out after I warned her. She just yeah. went to seek help. Yep. Which that turned out excellent. When she seeks help? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen with that. Okay, so uh uh last uh, portion of that was that uh you get a text message from Nathan saying that he's going to destroy all of the evidence. Yep. So you and Chloe rush back to the junkyard and it seems like you're just going to be exploring the junkyard like I don't know, just doing some of the things that you usually do. Yeah. And then it goes to a cutscene so that you can't do anything and you see this figure sneak up behind you and stick a needle in your neck and uh you can't use your power. It's implied that it's some kind of like yeah, it's just I don't know. it's knocked you out. Yeah, it's knocked you out. Yeah. Yeah, you're and, just uh, kind of uh, that lingering moment of uh, consciousness as you're falling. Yep, and like you yell to Chloe, who turns around and like gets ready with her gun. I, I don't actually. Did you have a gun in yours? Since yeah, Chloe didn't have, yeah, okay. the, yeah. The universe uh, has it set up so that no matter what, Chloe has a gun. Uh, after uh, the encounter with, uh, trying to remember where she got it actually, <laughs> uh, she had it going to the party. Um, it must be uh, after Frank, I guess. Yeah, maybe yeah, after yeah gets after it back no from him. Got, yeah, after no one got hurt, I think she got it back from him because she had the original gun from David. Okay, well, I mean, in mine, obviously, she had the gun from the beginning. She never lost it, so it made sense to me that she had the gun. But yeah, she got the gun back uh, somehow. I don't recall exactly how because it was. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Remember in this game, there's a lot of choices, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a peace offering from Frank uh, okay. to give the gun back. So if, well, you, if you didn't hurt him, uh, he gives you the gun back. If you uh, wounded him, you get the gun back. And if you killed Frank, well, obviously you already have the gun. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, But it doesn't matter. It does her no good. She gets shot in the head and dies. And so you're thinking like, oh shit, Nathan showed up. Uh, he's done all this. And then you see that it's not Nathan, but instead it's Mr. Jefferson. And then dun, the screen dun, fades. Dun. Yeah, and then the screen fades to black, and that's the end of chapter four. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that was a really heavy ending as well. Um, I did not cry at this ending, at least. But uh, I was, I was shocked. I was stunned. I didn't see Mr. Jefferson being involved at all. Yeah, which, going back... After what he comments on in chapter five and uh, going back, it's like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you can totally see it. Like, you no, absolutely no, 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 know no, what's no, going no, on. No, not see it. He well, confesses. He... What? In, when you go back in chapter five? No, no. In chapter one, he confesses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know what he's talking about the first time, but when you go back and listen to it a second time... You absolutely, you like, son of a bitch. He's openly talking about it, but I mean, he can because nobody knows. So, yeah, but it's uh, it's the same thing that we mentioned with Chloe. It's a powerful line that, looking at it a different way, a otherwise throwaway line is uh, just incredibly powerful and a lot more meaningful than you may expect. Indeed, indeed. Um. So, minor choices. Okay. 
Ah, save the Blue Jay. I did not. I didn't even know there was a Blue Jay. How could you miss the Blue Jay flying around? I, you're talking about the one in Chloe's house? Yeah. How did you save it? Because, like, I shoot it, and I thought it went down the stairs. Uh, no, uh, I opened the window. I scared it out of the bathroom. Then it flew down the hallway. It laid it on the bookcase. I scared it again, and it flew out the window. It landed on the banister for me, and then when I walked up to it, it just flew away. It, uh, I didn't well, open it, the window, it, though. It, it originally, uh, well, there you go. I opened the window first. Okay, yeah, I didn't open the window first. Because I found the window first, and then I uh, saw the Blue Jays. Oh. Yeah, so, I okay. Okay, uh, my next is, I didn't disturb the Blue Jays' nest. I did take the photo of it, though. Uh, I did not disturb the Blue Jays' nest, and I missed taking the photo. Yeah, I took the photo of the rewound. I found David's code. Um, I got David's files another way. Uh, I used the crowbar to, to break open the lock. Oh, I found the lock in the previous episode. It was set to the code. Uh, see, I couldn't remember. I, well, I had found I, the I was, lock before. I, was, I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah I was playing uh, uh, this one in the and I think the previous one back to back or close enough together that I remembered the code. Yeah. Let's see, Kate helped me. Yep, Kate helped me. I motivated Daniel to attend the Vortex Club party. I didn't motivate Daniel to attend the Vortex Club. Uh poor Daniel. Uh, at the Vortex Club, he, uh, he's there with, oh, shoot, down am on the name, but he's uh, getting, uh, he's, uh, there's a hint that he's getting into a relationship. Oh, okay. See, I left a message for Warren. Uh, I did not. Uh, you missed a good message then. I just didn't, I didn't think about it. Uh, he, she basically calls him cute. No. Uh, I wish I'd found you, it you, now. You, you, oh, let's see, you must have, uh, titanium, uh, copper and titanium in you because you're, and she, she puts the, uh, periodic, uh, symbols for, uh, uh, copper and titanium. Cute. <laughs> nice. And you get a message from him later. I'm never erasing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one I'm cheated on because I was tired trying to figure it out and I didn't realize that I could just break the code anyway. Uh, I figured out Nathan's pen. I did not figure out Nathan's pen. Um, but I realized that once it locked me out, uh, it tells you to put in the other code. So that's what I used. I just didn't care. I went back and forth a couple times. Like, fuck it. I, I know it's here. And it's one of those things that your birthday, really, you're, you're not supposed to use that type of code. Yeah. Dumbass. And I helped Alyssa. I also helped Alyssa. Although this it is, is funny the, when this, she falls in the yeah, pool. Th- yeah, that was the funniest one. And she gets pissed at you for it. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to help me. <laughs> okay uh final thoughts on the episode oh what a cliffhanger on this one i, I could I not imagine having to wait for the next episode i know this was the episode that felt the most totally uh, mismatched to me like yeah all of the heavy like intense stuff happens at the beginning and then the rest of the episode until the very end except for Maybe, like, the when you first get, uh, or when you dig up Rachel's body for the first time, none of the rest of that felt quite as dark until the end. And you're like, oh, well, that's yeah. that's not good. 
Um, so it was weird to have all of the emotion front loaded. Yeah, true. Um, okay. Uh, mind if I go get some water? Yeah, no, we're already over three hours. <laughs> yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, so, we're ready to move on to chapter five? Yeah, chapter five. This is going to be a fun one to talk about because I did not make a flow chart. Yeah, chapter five is. Chapter five, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to put this out here right now. It's by far my least, cha- least favorite chapter. I really. Uh, chapter five, some parts of it I really, really liked. Um, it, like, for example, whenever you. Are, get caught in the time loop and you're in class and you talk to uh, Mr. Jefferson and she like you get four options and you hear Max go I'm not saying any of that I love you that have like to. that little fourth wall break like you have to in order to keep going but like yeah, I love I, little moments like that I did not like all the time jumping it felt like they pat them, uh, painted themselves into a corner by putting Max in the dark room at the very beginning of the chapter and they were trying to figure out how to get her out yeah. And they made it very, very fucking confusing with all the time jumps. And also, yeah. the, it felt like the nightmare sequence in between realities was padding almost. Particularly that long, long, very fucking long stealth section. Yeah, that was stupid. I hated that. I did like that in the nightmare sequence, uh, there was the option to find bottles. Yeah. That was funny. I thought I actually thought that was funny because whenever you pick them up, she's like, um, she just keeps like making dumb jokes and snarky comments about it. I only you don't have up to one. find the bottles. Yeah, I only picked up one. It's like, oh, this must be hell. Yeah, I picked up like two or three just because they were on the path that I wound up taking to avoid all of the nightmare versions of people. Um, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't go find them all or anything. Um, so let's see. Let me let me just try and go through this kind of quickly, and I guess just stop me because the only major decision is the final one. Yeah, this um, and, and that's and also think, something else I didn't really care for. Uh, I'll just throw that out there right now: is that the entire story comes down to one to t- one decision after everything else. Yeah, that felt like a brick theme a little much. Maybe, but it also makes sense. It's like that's the choice you have to make. True, like but I no wish other choices. I wish your other choices came into play a little bit more, particularly uh, related to it, uh, related to how you treated Chloe. If it would yeah. be a lot easier for you uh, to do that or not, but it just seems like it's a very binary choice. Yeah, I know that there's some differences based on other choices that you've made and how it it plays out, like before the choice bit, like. I know if if you choose to sacrifice Chloe, depending on whether how you treat Warren and Chloe, will determine whether or not you hug or kiss. Um, yeah, I just got a hug out of Chloe. Yeah, which makes sense because you didn't really pursue the romantic bit with her. But I think if you kiss Chloe and do one other thing, no matter what happens, she will kiss you. Mm-hmm. And then there's a combination of other events. Like there's a flow chart for this one too. Like there's a combination of other events that can lead to you lead to Chloe kissing you, even if you don't kiss her. I think it's if you turn Warren down 
and do some other things. Yeah, which uh, turning Warren down uh, would also made. Uh, oh, it was the girl with the drone that uh, was pissed that I was taking Warren to go ape. Yeah. Hey, but uh, Warren deserves to go ape with me. And then yeah, we are going to go see a movie. Yeah. Hey, um, but okay. So let's. You start in the dark room, and Jefferson is taking pictures of you, or he's finished taking some pictures. I don't exactly. Remember. This part is confusing. Yeah. Okay. Like you said. Uh, well, well. Okay. I I need to ask you this right now. Was Victoria there? No, she was. She not. was there with me. Really? Yes, she was like, there. She with was me. there, tied up. She was she there, was... tied up, zonked oh. out. Victoria was not there at all with me, which is interesting because she didn't believe me when I warned her. No, 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 no. What happened was that I warned her about Nathan. She said that I have other people to protect me. And, and went she to must Jefferson. have went to Jefferson. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so, so I killed Victoria. Shit, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's harsh. But again, I was nice that's... to her and killed her. You were a dick to her and saved her. That's so interesting. Like, I mean, there's this huge thing a running fact, things throughout the game. A matter of fact, about, like, later on, a, you know, after a couple time jumps, which we'll get into in just a moment, uh, Victoria's gone, and I ask about it, and, she's, and uh, Jefferson says that I killed her. Uh, well, that he killed her, uh, that she knew too much. That I warned yeah. her to, uh, and I mean, it's like, fuck. And here I was That's trying to be insane. nice. You got her killed by trying to help her. Yeah. Which That's fits crazy. the theme. Think about yeah. it. I mean, I, mean, I no, was trying to help her and got her killed. And that's perfect with you know, how everything else has gone in this game. Every time yeah. I've tried to help someone, I just made things worse. Yeah. Which is why I chose the ending that I did. God, man. That's, oh, that's dark. That sucks, too. Okay, so anyways. You got chills you just now, didn't you? Do what? You just got chills, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. So um, That's why I was excited to talk about that, because, yo, I, the moment you said that you didn't uh, warn Victoria, and, uh, you were confused about why I was asking about her. Yeah, I didn't know why you were asking. I was like, I, did, I mean, she didn't believe me, and then I didn't see her again for the rest of the game, except for in the flashback sequences, but or not the flashback, but when you start jumping through time. So I just didn't think anything about it. Man, that's intense. But anyway, so you've got to try and figure out how to go escape. And so you start going through time, going through the photos that Jefferson has taken of you, and you experience, like he basically spills out the whole plot to you while you're drugged up and he's taking pictures of yeah, you. Yeah, I, I got a monologuing. Yep. Uh, um, I mean, that is something that... It, it's almost cartoonishly evil about him is that, okay, why? Because the big thing he was talking about at the very beginning of the game is that an artist has to put their work out there. You're not showing these photos to anyone, are you? Why are you doing this? I had that exact same thought. Like, why is he doing this? Like, there's he can't gain anything from it. If he shows people... He might get away with it for a little while, but eventually something has got to happen if you're so out there about it. So I don't, I didn't understand why he was doing it, but I, well, I was whatever. thinking that maybe it was some sort of psychosis and I was just being way too dumb to realize it. I did not see it. 
I just, I, I mean, yeah. particularly uh, talking about the theme of putting your work out there. The only thing that I could come up with is that maybe he's a sociopath. Um, because sociopaths are social chameleons, basically. And they can hide and really have all of these anythings, really. Uh, and his just happens to be this odd satisfaction he gets from abusing these girls to get to capture that moment like when innocence goes away that's the only thing i could come up with is that he's been a sociopath this whole time but if that's the case they didn't write it well and there's no evidence up until this point to prove it yeah and the fact that all everything else has been focused on nathan you know laser focused on nathan being the big bad here outside of the one letter i mean that's the only real clue that you have unless you really really read into that one line from jefferson that we talked about but the thing is that's a one-off line and it doesn't make sense to be uh well alerted to that because you don't know about the presence of the dark room unless you read about it yeah but so that's why i'm a little put off by that to begin with and then chapter five really doesn't make sense to me because of it yeah so um Anyways, you you start going jumping through time. Eventually, you get yourself back to the the beginning of the week where you're sitting in class going through his lecture, uh, and you do a bunch of things like you comfort Kate, you confront Jefferson like very blatantly, like I know what you're doing. Uh, yeah, that wasn't all that intelligent. No, I thought that move was stupid. Everything else she did, except for directly like reveal i i felt like she absolutely was revealing she knew what was going on with jefferson to him uh everything else in that scene was fine like she warned she tells david so that he can investigate helps kate she submits a photo um and is really crass to victoria which i thought was nice that felt good because at this point i still hated victoria and i didn't have the experience of her being captured and killed. Yeah, in my flashback, Victoria, I don't think was... Uh, she was still talking to uh, Jefferson, but I didn't really have a that much of an interaction with her. Yeah, no, in my flashback, Max just lays into her. Calls her a bully, and that she's... Oh, yeah, she does like, do that. She's insecure. Yeah, yeah that's what she does. Uh, uh, but it, I was uh, taking that as, you know, her uh, calling her out, but not... Uh, also trying to warn her off of Jefferson as well. Yeah. Um, but you submit your photo. Then it shows one of those uh, picture things where all the pictures change. And you see Jefferson being arrested and the the Prescott's being arrested and um, things changing for the better for other people. And you win the contest and go to, is it San Francisco or L.A.? San Francisco. You yeah, San L.A. Francisco. was uh, Rachel's uh, fixation. Okay. You go to San Francisco with the principal. Uh, to the art gallery because you won the uh, the competition. Um, and I, I mean, this scene was okay. It felt honestly more like filler than anything. Honestly, a lot of chapter five feels like filler. Yeah. Uh, the only reason that I can see that being there is to get a false sense of security, like because Chloe's or not Chloe, Max is like, I did it, I fixed it, everything's fine. Um, and then when you're in the art gallery, Chloe calls. And she's stuck in the storm and she dies. And so Max is like, oh, I can fix this by going back in time again and destroying the photo that wins the competition. So she goes back in time. Max still hasn't learned her lesson. She has not. 
So then she winds up in Jefferson's lair again, but this time he's mad because she destroyed her perfect photo. Uh, and so he burns her diary and all of her photos. Yeah, yeah, which felt a little bit, uh, yeah, just the game, the character had to act like this to, uh, force Max to do something else. And it didn't really make a lot of sense to me to, for him to be so angry that he destroys all her work. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me either. Uh, is this the scene where David shows up? Um, to be honest, I didn't make a flow chart, so I can't remember exactly when David shows up because there's this one uh, section where, for some reason, David suddenly shows up. I mean, it, I realize no, this is I, that scene because she's like, she's like, this is it, and you rewind a couple of times, like trying to stop him, and there's nothing that can happen. I mean, so I realize that. Uh, I mean, I realize that Max warned him in the past now, but at this exact moment, really? Yeah. I, I so, mean, first of all. How does he know about this uh, particular place? What did he uh, drug Max and shove a GPS tracker up her ass? <laughs> Who knows? He might have. David's pretty crazy. Um, but so it does David explain shows why up. Max was walking a little weird. It's a, it's David X Machina. He shows up to save the day, uh, and this is the only sort of quick timey thing in the whole game. Yeah, and this was annoying as hell. I liked it at first, and then I was like, okay, this is stupid. It Why is he listening to this little girl? He's a a Marine. He it didn't make sense that guy he, and kill him. It didn't make sense that he didn't beat uh, Mr. Jefferson's ass to begin with. And uh, second of all, why the hell are you standing perfectly still when he has a gun? Yeah. I mean, only... are, I mean, are you going to sit there and paint a target on your chest to begin with? Yeah. The only Dumbass. Time... <laughs> the only time that I could understand maybe that Jefferson beats David is the like when he comes in for the first time and you don't warn him or anything yeah and he gets blindsided uh and Jefferson like knocks the gun away from him and beats him up with that tripod well uh, every honest, other time I feel like that David should be able to get the upper hand on Jefferson without well I'm sure we'll him. have people uh comment on this but uh once again this was one thing that I saw people talking about and supposedly, whenever you're breaching into an unknown situation, a military-trained uh, uh, person will check their weak side first, which for David would be his left, which just happened to be where Mr. Jefferson was. Yeah, because David's so there was a lot of people. Yeah, so there was a lot of people saying that this sequence doesn't make sense to begin with when I was looking around, just seeing what people were saying after the fact, because... Yeah, I was wanting to see, you know, well, what's the general consensus of this? Because I didn't really care for this chapter that much. Yeah. So. And uh, was, I'm sure we'll have at least one person uh, say that if this is true or not. Maybe Ghost Shark can tell us. That, since that's why I was handing. Army. Um, the, I do like, though, how that you can change things before David comes in and can get different outcomes. Because, I mean, it really doesn't help if you turn the lights off. It makes it worse. I didn't but do that, but I just uh, uh, just tried different things, and eventually, uh, okay, water allowed the cart to get close, and for some reason, Jefferson didn't notice my foot was loose. Yeah. yeah and I also, um, that. why did I knee him in the balls? Also, I like how that David comes in at the exact same moment every time even though having jefferson do something different makes him take longer so he's not yeah. in position when david should be coming in 
Yeah, true. I mean, that would make a lot more sense that, okay, ask uh, Jefferson to do something uh, that takes longer would make it so that he's on the other side of the door and uh, changes the fight. Yeah. But then again, uh, like I said, this chapter feels like it's a lot of filler and that this story could have been wrapped up in four and a half episodes. Yeah. So maybe Um, that's just where it is, is that maybe this is something that they could have took more time on and fleshed out some more, but they just didn't have the time. Yeah, maybe. Ironically enough. Yeah. Um, Did, uh, so did you tell David the truth about Chloe? I told him the first time and changed that. Yeah, I told him the truth the first time. And then again, rewinded several times so that David could kill Jefferson several times. I Well, after the first time and seeing just how devastated he was and finally uh, seeing him realize that I've been a colossal douche and I need help. Yeah. I just couldn't put him through that again. I I I, uh, I had to be honest with him because if the alternate realities continue, he's going to discover it. Yeah, but... Uh, he's a murderer at that point, and he's going to end up in jail. I mean, that's not self-defense. That's going to be cold-blooded That is murder. a good point. It would have been an execution, but I don't know. I just feel like that... He, I feel like he deserved to know the truth, and there was no other way that that would, was going to turn out because of how he is. So even though he probably... I mean, even though he doesn't realize that I gave him the satisfaction of killing Jefferson a few times before I left. I don't know. I feel like... Almost like Shakespearean justice, I think. But. So then you leave, and you start jumping through time like crazy, trying to fix the problem. Um, well, you, uh, well, you go down... Uh, well, the it, the entire point is that you're trying to get to the uh, Two Wheels Diner to get that photo from Warren that he took at the party. Oh, right. You're right. I forgot about that part. Uh, so you go to the town where the, the tornado is about to... like. I mean, it's getting really close to shore. There's a bunch of little things you can do, save people, and there's a few different outcomes based on what you've done before. Yeah. Uh, that you saved the homeless lady. I did yeah. not. And yeah, she the gets homeless lady by was a building. gone. Uh, yeah, she was uh, gone, and Max actually comments uh, wondering uh, if, you know, if she's in a shelter somewhere, because uh, once you get to the diner and you see the spot that she usually uh, occupies, because you're coming from the opposite side of the diner than usual. So you're uh, able to look over and see exactly where she would be at the end of that alley. Yeah. And uh, she's gone. So I could only assume that uh, she uh, skedaddled. I sure hope so. Yeah. Because I didn't know she was there. Like, I just, like I saw her there, and, and she's crushed by a building. Like, she's half buried in rubble. And Max makes a comment like, oh, no, I wish that I – I didn't even know her name. I wish I would have talked to her. Yeah, well, Max like, still commented. existed. Max still commented. I uh, didn't even know her name, uh, but I hope she's okay. Yeah. So um, uh, it uh, it was nice to do that. I did save Alyssa again, and the big payoff is that then she saves me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I was wanting that to happen the entire time that you know Alyssa just nudges at you over one step and you know like a, a toilet falls out of the sky or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, something ridiculous. Uh, uh, but it it wasn't that uh, ridiculous. It was a sign falling over, but still, you know, that big payoff. And there yeah, was a was... couple, there, there was a lot of payoffs on this. Uh, did you ever read about the tablet? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, someone, uh, 
stole a tablet at some point uh, before the story started. Oh, I and remember there was seeing the, the sign for that. Yeah, there was all the, the wanted signs, and there was another one uh, later on, I think, in the boys' dorm, saying that someone stole their new tablet with the uh, with the cat pictures on it. <laughs> well, at the uh, on the road, uh, the, one of the backpacks actually has a note with the tablet in it saying, "I'm sorry, I." I'm I'm just a real jerk. I have a lot of trouble here at school, and you know, things like this are probably uh, why nobody likes me to begin with. You never find out who stole the tablet, but the fact that that payoff is there as well was uh, just delicious. Nice. And it's yeah. just one of those things that I sat there and laughed for a moment after I uh, saw Max uh, make the comment. Well, I guess uh, we finally solved the mystery of this missing tablet. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the backpack, but I do. I did read the flyers about the missing tablet with the cat pics. Um, yeah, there's there's a few other little things you can do. Random townspeople you can save. Uh, I guess there's some other stuff that, I mean, maybe depending on other small decisions you've made. Someone may be there, may not be there. Not 100% sure on that, but yeah, I had several people that I could save or that I saw there. So Then you get to the diner. You get the photo from Warren. You have the option to kiss Warren. Did you kiss Warren? Of course. We're going to go ape too. later. I did too. I kissed Warren. And explain. Yeah, it seems he, like uh, uh, if you uh, do certain things, that you still get the option. But I've been uh, good to Warren the entire time. Yeah. So it was pretty much an obvious choice. I didn't have. Uh, uh, well, I had the option to not do anything to you know just leave. But you know that seems like a dick move. And he earned more than a hug after headbutting Nathan. Yeah. But so you use the um, use the photo to go back, and then you have to warn Chloe to not go into the school. Yeah, and uh, beyond that, to basically uh, go hide out for the night. Yeah, so you go hide out and convince David what's going on. Or no, is that what happens in the positive? Uh, what happened for me was. That we have to go, uh, uh, no, we, ha- we have to go hide out and we have to talk to David. So I still had, uh, the talk to David thing. Yeah. That, no, that happened to me too. I'm wondering if I'm getting events confused again because this chapter was insane. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't like it all that much just because it was so damn confusing. It felt like whatever you fired up the chapter, you it start, it should start printing out graph paper to make a flow chart. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and honestly, uh, it made little sense after a while. How do you wind up in the nightmare? Uh, the nightmare, I'm pretty sure after you warn Chloe uh, about, uh, 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 to it's not Nathan, it's uh, Mr. Jefferson, and to hold up for the night, and we have to get David for backup. Uh, then you have the nightmare. I think. Yeah. I think you get I think the implication is that you get trapped in a time loop because you're warping or you're time traveling in the middle of a time travel. And but so yeah, but the thing of, is you did that before, didn't you? No, I don't think so. Like you're you're jumping from you're, no, you're time traveling within a time travel within a time travel. Cuz you've used the photo to go back and you change things and then you go to the art gallery and then you go back and change more things. Right? Uh, and sort of face of uh 
it's just one of those things where it's like yeah, the plot it, demands that we wind up in this nightmare, so we're in this nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the powers really don't make a lot of uh, cognitive sense. They break their own rules or make up new rules uh, as it goes along, which. Uh, I don't want to say it's bad storytelling, but it's uh, weaker than what this game deserves, because I do really like this game. It's just, I wish the fifth chapter made a lot more sense. Yeah. I'm scrolling through the wiki here. I don't have the, the actual <laughs> flowchart, but I'm trying to figure out where it is that I've gotten confused. Uh, I'm guessing probably about know. three and a half hours ago. Yeah. So, anyways, regardless, you wind up in this nightmare, which is where which has the really long stealth sequence that we talked about. It's got some odd other odd stuff too. Yeah, like yeah, their dorms are all messed up, and you see scenes of other characters. Like, regardless of what happens to Kate, she jumps off of well, off of a roof. Like she opens a door, and it's just like white, and she jumps off, and the implication is that she's jumping to her death. Um, yeah, it's basically, you know, the worst possible outcome for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a comment from, uh, Warren saying, ah, oh, I can't believe you kissed me. Your breath, uh, uh stinks. No tongue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, going through the nightmare though, culminates you being in the diner and every character in the game that you can interact with is there. And as you walk past them, they all say something based yeah, on the but, decision that you made. Yeah. But the thing is that was complete gibberish for me because they were all talking at once. Yeah. And the subtitles can't keep up. Which uh, uh, but, was really disappointing because I've wanted to hear what they said, but it's, you move uh, just a little bit and everyone starts talking. Yeah, uh, I would love to have an interaction. You know, look at someone and interact. Yeah. So, so you walk through the diner though, listening to all these people, and sitting in the the same booth where you were in chapter two. Yeah. Uh, is Max? So Max talks to Max, and has what I I think yeah, could have been they're a- figuring out uh just how many steam cards to ch- uh to charge this uh, uh to charge max because shit's crazy yo what what did you think of this scene because I was oh, I was so confused by this point because it felt like them just screwing with us at this point uh, especially after the nightmare sequence which made honestly little sense yeah, and the Max character doesn't seem like a Nightmare Max. It seems like she's just another version of you. But she accuses you of all these things and doesn't seem at all like Yeah, but at the same time, the Max uh, that you've been. Yeah, but at the same time she also calls you out on a few things like rewinding time to make people like you more because you heard them mention something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I she- do definitely understand that, but at the same time, uh, this entire nightmare sequence makes little sense to begin with. Yeah. It's very confusing. But so you have this conversation with, with Max and then Chloe shows up and then you go into like this nightmare dream thing where you basically go through Just different all vignettes of the, of, of the uh, game. Yeah, different vignettes of different scenes uh, as you basically go up this very long winding path to the lighthouse. To the lighthouse. It, feels, it feels like it. this is a sequence that's meant for someone that hasn't played the game in a couple months. It, this is meant for the episodic portion of the game. So, but because we played it within the last couple of days, this is a complete waste on us. What this felt like to me, actually, was that 
So the the final choice is whether or not to undo everything and sacrifice Chloe so that you don't mess up time and destroy the town, or choose to save Chloe uh, by letting the tornado destroy the town. And, and this is where my problem with episode well, one comes on, into play. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So what I felt like that bit was, the bit with Max and then the bit where you walk up and see all the stuff with Chloe, I felt like that was the game like telling, like making the argument for both choices. Because it's like, the it basically it comes down to the needs of the many versus the needs of the one. Easy there, like, Spock. Yeah. So it basically like Max, alternate Max is making the argument that it's not worth it, that you actually are hurting all these people and messing so much stuff up. And it sucks that Chloe's going to have to die, but she has to die. Yeah, but here's then, the thing is that alternate Max has a fucking point because Victoria. What do you mean because Victoria? Because I got her killed because I was trying to help her. Oh, yeah. See, that didn't happen to me, so I didn't have that impact. But but so anyways, um, and then the, the scene where you're walking up is like Chloe's in like saying like no we did all these things and look at all of the relationship awesomeness we have is you know is am i worth it like i think i might be worth it so i think the game is making an argument for both cases yeah but then she immediately says that she's not worth it yeah so what was what let's what was your choice i sacrificed chloe i couldn't sacrifice chloe i let the town get destroyed well, I, well, here's my problem with episode one and how it ties into all this. Why the fuck do we have that original vision to begin with if because we saved Chloe in the first place, it caused the tornado, but we had the vision of the tornado before we saved Chloe? Yeah. It, I guess it because they didn't try and explain the time travel, because if they had tried to explain the time travel, I think that this would be a loop. Max is stuck in a loop. And so, honestly, somehow, I think that would have made a, a lot strong. I think that would have made a lot stronger argument uh, to uh, save Chloe if you're stuck in a loop because you kept sacrificing Chloe, or if my original feeling that the storm was a metaphor for something big happening, yeah, uh, what came out to be true. Because yes, it does make a powerful impact uh, for a gameplay mechanic, but how does this interact, uh, especially? With the eclipse, with the double moon, which we didn't really mention, that happened at the party. Uh, with the snow, with the whales, with the dead birds that kept happening, and uh, pretty much everything. Oh, and also the ghost deer. I'm pretty sure the ghost deer was supposed to uh, be uh, Rachel. Especially with uh, all the deer motif. Uh, well, there was deer motif around uh, Max, and there was also the uh, snow globe uh, with Chloe. Yeah. Um, I think I agree with you that I think the deer was supposed to be like this Rachel, the spirit of Rachel or something like that. Although if you talk to Samson, the, the, like the groundskeeper at the call at the Samuel, 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 if you talk to him, he says that he thinks that the deer is your spirit animal, but I think that you're right. I think it's Rachel or supposed to be Rachel. And honestly, the uh, spirit animal for Samuel being a squirrel makes sense. He is a little nutty. He is. And also, uh, why did he have a box of women's clothes? Other than, you know, trying to direct uh, attention to him being possibly uh, a little bit creepier than what he already is. I'm not sure. That's something that they never really uh, brought up. No, I think that's one of those things that's just, like, left up to your interpretation. 
I didn't think that he was creepy. I just thought that he had identity, like he was having identity issues. Okay, okay. Is there anyone in this identity town shows. that isn't fucked up? Nope. This is what happens when you live in a small town. Yeah. Oh shit! I live in a small town. So do I. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think that if they had tried to explain the time travel at any point, that they well, would have the said that, that they Max didn't even is stuck to, in a like a. They, they a didn't even have to loop. really explain it. They just need to. Well, it felt like they went with the wrong direction with the storm to begin with, or or trying to justify the sacrifice. It just it felt off, and I can't quite explain why. That's that's the annoying part. I think but because I had did... the sequence with uh, Victoria uh, getting killed with my help, uh, yeah, you know, it makes the argument to sacrifice Chloe because I'm yeah you know, everything I've done to try to help people. I tried to help William, and I ended up paralyzing uh, Chloe. I ended up helping Chloe multiple times and just getting uh, deeper and deeper into shit. Helped Victoria and got her killed. The only person I really helped that didn't uh, have it bite him in the ass yet was Kate. And that was the one time I did it without my powers. That is very, very true. Um, I actually spent a long time debating on whether or not I should. Um, and I considered some of the things that you considered. I didn't think of the angle of the one time I actually helped someone, it was with Kate, when I didn't use my powers at all. I did not consider that. I don't think that would have changed my decision. Um, I focused very much on the relationship between Max and Chloe, and very much on even though Chloe might be bad for Max, Max is good for Chloe, and just that is very true. The bond that they have, the relationship that they share, the sort of purity of their friendship, uh, and perhaps romance. Um, I mean, it it's never like overtly stated that they have a romance, but. You know, the little kiss and then kind of the way that they act implies romance. And so I, I made the personal connection. Uh, you know, I thought about my relationship with Katie and yeah, what and would I do if that was between the two of us. Yeah, know, like, and I went with the other direction where I was looking at the times I helped people and just what happened. the, uh, the What happened uh, after the fact. And uh, Victoria was really what sealed it for me. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't think that would have changed. I don't think my there's decision, a right choice. I don't think there is a right choice. Because I, I did a wrong I, choice either. I, I did look at the other ending. I watched a video of it, and I will say that I think both choices are valid. There isn't a wrong choice here. It's just what comes down to it is where you feel where your own personal choice is, and that's yeah. and I think that's one of the themes of the game is your personal choice. Mm-hmm. That and also, uh, you have to help people on your own. <laughs> Every yeah. time you've helped them with your powers, you made things worse. Yep. Although, going back to your Kate argument, you did use your powers to make sure that you could get there in time to talk to her. So uh, that, you're still using that your is powers. true. That is uh, that. That's true but it's also a technicality i think if you were closer to kate to begin with you would have been on that roof i think i think you're right if you were closer to kate to begin with i don't think kate would have been on the roof because she would have been with you yeah 
or you would have had a chance to talk to Kate beforehand. That could be the other argument is that if you weren't with Chloe during the morning, Kate would have talked to you if you were uh, uh, had the uh, chance to save her. Yeah. Which I think that's implied what happens. I don't know. It doesn't explicitly say or show it in the video. If it did, I don't remember it. Yeah, Kate is... Well, uh, Well, we should say what the ending sequences are. For me, uh, well, after I decide to save Chloe, I go into the picture with the butterfly that Chloe had from the be- very beginning of the game. And essentially, I did nothing. Which honestly is a little bit of a buzzkill. <laughs> because yeah. I, I, I did this in the first episode. Literally. And what happens is because Nathan murdered Chloe, uh, the police arrest Nathan because he uh, freaks the fuck out in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, I would too. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously on something at the begin uh, to begin with. Actually, a lot of somethings. He yeah. freaks out in the bathroom. He's discovered. He's arrested. He implements uh, Jefferson. Jefferson uh, eventually cracks. Uh, Rachel's body is found. And uh, the evening sequence is a funeral for Chloe with uh, a Max there and a, a lot of uh, the student body, which honestly, I didn't really understand why, because they honestly didn't really know Chloe, but maybe they're there for Max. I don't know. Kate yeah. is also there, though, so at least we saved her. Yeah. And it ends with... Uh, Chloe's casket, a, a butterfly, uh, the blue butterfly lands on it, and uh, Max smiles, uh, feeling relieved a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in my ending, um, Max tears up the photo with the butterfly, and you know basically says that she can't do it; she can't sacrifice Chloe. Um, they hide out until after the storm is over, and then they're seen leaving the town in uh, Chloe's truck. No indication of where they're going, just they're together, and Max is reflecting on... I got the impression that Max is reflecting on everything that's around her, all the destruction caused by the storm. All the choices she made and all the choices she didn't make. Yeah, and I get the feeling that she's wondering if she made the right choice, and then Chloe reaches over and kind of pats her and smiles, and then Max kind of gets this... look. It looks like she has a feeling of relief, like, yeah, I did make the right choice. Yeah, but, okay, here's something I don't get with that ending, is that if the universe is so pissed off that you saved Chloe, why is it letting you go? I think the th- the thing that I got out of that was that Chloe was meant to die, and in order for Chloe to not die, and for this to stop, Max had to sacrifice all of that. Like, in order to save one life... She had to balance it out by sacrificing so many others to change everything. Like it's it's in my mind, I was viewing it like a price thing. Like in oh, order to, uh, to nice, get Chloe, uh, very nice. Or or, yeah. or are you not making that pun intentionally? <laughs> I was not making that pun intentionally, but sometimes because uh, Clo- Chloe's uh, name is Chloe Price. Huh? You know you what? Did- I you never didn't made get that, that connection until just now, no. As a matter of fact, William, whenever you talk to him about the bills, he talks about how the price is right. Yeah, no, I did get that joke, but I didn't and even she, think uh, about what and I she just she commented about how that. Chloe is priceless whenever yeah. she uh, is uh, paralyzed. Yeah. 
and Man, see, I, I apologize I for the pun just now. No, I can't believe I missed. That I, I thought you were. Now. Like, I thought you were making a stupid joke. No, no. I actually, I think that's the point. Like that's the point that they're like sort of overtly making. Like they make fun of it in the story, but now that I think about it, that I mean, that's how I read it as it happened. Like Chloe's price is basically the town of Arcadia. If you're gonna save her, you have to sacrifice all of this to get it. So, there you go. And to me, Chloe was worth it. I wish I wish Chloe was a real person. I'd like to go talk to her, hang out with her. You just want the Steam cards because of how fucked up she is. Yeah, maybe. But to be fair, yeah, that, that's not even uh, the high price one, if you pardon the turn of phrase. Nope. Oh, uh, so uh, minor decisions. Yeah. And then we'll Minor wrap decisions. up chapter five and then finally get out of here at about the four hour mark. Uh, let's see. David got a scar during the fight. I didn't realize that you could get him unscarred. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Uh, there might be uh, some way to stop him from getting that first hit from, from Jefferson getting that first hit on him. Yeah, it has but. to be because that's the, uh, well, either that or, uh, it's, I think he gets the, uh, scar on his head from when he shoots the gun and the, uh, the picture frame uh, gets shot in the glass. Uh, okay. So it's not Jefferson directly. It's uh, the picture frame. Okay. Yeah. David didn't kill Jefferson, even though I know you did over and over and over again. Yeah. David killed Jefferson several times. Let's see. I saved the trucker. I saved the trucker. I saved Evan. I saved Evan. Him standing out in the middle of a storm again, clocked by a refrigerator door. <laughs> I considered letting him die, but I saved him. Uh, let's see, I saved Alyssa. Did yeah, she I save saved, me? I saved Alyssa. And what's kind of funny is if you don't save her four times, if you go to save her, this is something else I saw people talking about, because I did read a lot of t- on chapter five after the fact, is that she sees you as bad, essentially bad uh, mojo. It starts backing away from me and falls down a hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you could still save her at that point. But yeah, it's one of those things that... Something bad to, happens to be whatever you're around, and she starts connecting the dots, and I found that funny. Yeah. See, I saved the fisherman. I did, too. I didn't try to change Joyce's mind about David. This was something I went back and forth on. But I eventually just uh, said that uh, it should be Joyce's choice. I actually helped Joyce believe in David again. I was very moved by David's change of heart at the end. Well, I look at it this way, is that with the David's change of heart, uh, well, assuming that, yeah. Well, here's the thing, is that for me, it, well, actually for both of us, it doesn't really fucking matter, does it? No. But for Joyce, I think David still has a shot. It's just, it's going to be a tougher road for him. Yeah. But he'll have to prove that he's changed, and that's the thing, is that, you know, after him hitting Chloe, I want him to prove that. Yeah. Okay, here's the uh, one that I felt like a bit of a dick for, but eh, I think it uh, has to be done. I told the truth about Rachel to Frank. I also told the truth to Frank. I'm hoping that that shook him out of uh, his uh, dealership. Yeah, him realizing that he sold the drugs that killed Rachel. Yeah, I was worried that he was going to kill himself. Although it doesn't matter, he probably died in the storm since I let it destroy the town, but... Uh, you could survive a whale landing on you. 
you know, I'm still kind of shocked that uh, there's not at least a chance that, you know, something drops out of the sky and lands on <laughs> the truck as you two travel away. Just yeah. the universe of one last talk gotcha. <laughs> and I kissed Warren. Yep, I did too. And that oh, is that, all the choices at the right at the four hour mark of my timer. Uh, Grand, there's going to be a, some editing, but yeah. Oh, that is the longest game club we've had. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was so good. I mean, yeah, I love I, this game so I, much. Yeah, I still feel a little disappointed with Chapter Five, mostly because of the nightmare sequence. To be perfectly frank, it just uh, is one of those things that felt like it really didn't need to be there. Yeah. Uh, if they wanted to have the nightmare sequence, they could have easily cut out the stealth sequence for one and have uh, the uh, dormitory sequence and the classroom sequence with the dormitory leaving directly into the diner. Especially yeah. uh, one of the uh, sections of the uh, dormitory sequences that you jump after Kate. So there you go. That's That could have led right into the diner sequence. I didn't do that. I didn't jump after Kate. I think that's how I got out of that sequence. Uh, I kept walking into my room, because walking into your room triggers another... Uh, your room or Victoria's room? Huh. It, uh, okay, so our sequences must have been very different, because uh, one sequence, I got a key, and it gave me a door number, and I went in that door. Then I ha- was... I got, I, did, I got that one. Then I was uh, Rachel at one point. I went into Rachel's room. I did not get that one. I then was I Victoria became, at one point. Then I became Victoria. I went into Victoria's room and uh, I had Kate. No, no, no. I did go into Max's room at that point. It, uh, I couldn't open up Kate's door. That's right. And it. Uh, uh, that's right. I did go into Kate into Max's room at that point. I did not become Rachel. I also didn't jump after Kate. But I don't or, think I jumped out after Kate now that I really think about it. Like I said, the, this entire sequence is just a mindfuck, and it's very confusing to begin with. I think Let alone being half Kate's, asleep. I think you walked through Kate's door, but you don't yeah, jump yeah, after I think, her. Yeah, I think I walked through Kate's door, and I confused that with uh, jumping after her. But it's interesting. You became Rachel. I did not become Rachel. I wonder if that's just something like choices you make, and if you make the right sequence of choices... As a matter of fact, can, uh, at one point, whenever I became Rachel... Rachel's uh, name become uh, comes up on the map, and I go through that door. No, I just went through Max's door when. Yeah, my dormitory sequence must have been a lot longer than yours. Yeah, no, I, I maybe was... that's why I felt so much like padding was that it was such a longer, much longer sequence. Yeah, there was the key thing. Go through the door with the key. I went through the door that Kate jumped through. I was Victoria, and I went into her room. And then I was Max, and I went into her room, and that's how I exited the sequence. I didn't become Rachel. That's interesting. Huh. Interesting. I'm not sure what triggered that, then. Me neither. You, you need a flowchart to find out. I need a flowchart to figure out all the time jumps in this uh, chapter to begin with. I was... Mostly the thing that I, that I disliked the most about Chapter 5 was the stealth in the nightmare sequence. The stealth it was in the a, nightmare sequence, and also how confusing it was to keep up with things in the all the time jumps it was confusing um i think that some of that was supposed to be on purpose because you get the sense that jumping through time is disorienting for max when she does the big jumps but i don't know that could just be be me uh coming up with a reason after the fact to, to support the fact that i was okay with it so it's really i mean this sequence was insane it was really insane and definitely confusing 
So, um, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this game. <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. When we get to the end of the year, when we're doing Game of the Year awards, this is a serious contender for the best game I played in 2017. I mean, right now it is, but there's still plenty of year left ahead for something to beat it. But it's going to have to be a masterpiece to beat this. So good. I can't wait to go back through and play it with the director's commentary maybe next week or in a couple of weeks. Uh, so shall we move on to uh, Community Corner and uh, just blaze through this? Uh, real quickly, our next Game Club game. Oh, right. Uh, sorry, it's been four hours. It has Our been. next uh, Game Club game, Fire Up Your Emulation Station, because we're going to be uh, playing Shadow of the Colossus. Yep. Looking forward to this. Uh, I played some of it way back when, at, when I actually owned a PS2, but I never beat it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to actually playing through it again. Yeah, I only played bits and pieces of it. I never played a long se- uh, session of it, so it's going to be interesting. And I don't think it's going to be a four-hour episode. Uh, no. Not. No. This this was fun. We should not make a habit of this. And it had to be this week when I need to pack up my computer <laughs> quickly. Oh, well. It'll be fine. I'll figure it out. I may just put dump this all on my laptop and edit it on my laptop. But I'll Before figure that laptop. out later. So, yeah. Uh, community Corner. Let's blaze through that really fast. We only had, like, what? A couple of well, tweets? Yeah, we had... Well, we had the letter from Jim for the game club. We'll stick that in some point. Now, yep. I'll leave that up to you. I'll leave you to... To determine where to stick Jim. Wink. Thank you. Okay, only uh, tweet we really had was Jim saying this is some video game logic in action and was a uh, gif of uh, The Last of Us, uh, and I don't even know the character's name, jumping over a wall in a house. <laughs> Just uh, out of bounds and coming back on the other side of the door. It's, her name is Ellie. Ah, all right. I never played uh, The Last of Us. I didn't either, but I just, I know it because I have listened to it on podcasts and have friends who love the game, so. Yeah, well, shooter on console. Yeah, so you can imagine uh, my excitement to play that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't have a PS3 or a PS4, so. Okay, so question of the week. What book or books uh, should Jared read during his coming dark time without the comfort of the internet? Uh, Groove, Lord of the Rings, Mel's, uh, Hey Fellow Star Wars Nerd, uh, just finished the new Thrawn uh, book, highly recommended it. Azan uh, doesn't disappoint, uh, fits well with both Legends books and current Star Wars Rebel stuff. Groove, The Witcher series, yes, the books. Chemist, uh, in response to Groove, I feel like the, uh, like the resident Polish person, I need to chime in with my opinion on Witcher. Short stories, yay. Novels, nah. And Groove uh, responds, I actually love all of it. It's, uh, not, But it's not for everyone. See, Chemist, anything uh, by uh, Brandon uh, Sanderman, especially and- Enderless or Mistborn. But she actually did the last couple uh, novels for the Wheel of Tom series. But you're only going to be off the internet for a couple of weeks, so you don't need to read the Wheel of Tom. <laughs> That's my uh, comment on that. Fair enough. Because the Wheel of Time would take you a couple months to get through at least. That's a couple million words. And not all of it worth reading. Kyle, uh, Dreadboar Canterbury's uh, book on Space Race is really good. 
depicts the events of the space race in a really human terms while being a fun read. Million Lights. Uh, finishing off with, you probably already have, but Stephen King, The Dark Tower. A lot of good suggestions. You know, I'm a little disappointed that our resident VR nerd didn't uh, chime in with a, a VR-related book like Ready Player One. Jim, yep. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I am disappointed. Okie dokie. Is that everything uh, for Community Yeah, Ready, Ready Player One is basically VR in a world without uh, licensing, <laughs> essentially. Okay, <laughs> it, uh, the references may be a little old for Jared. In Ready Player One? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of early 80s stuff. Yeah, I'll probably be all right. And, oh, my, I still recommend Codex Alera. It's a little cheesy, uh, the premise, but I think you'd like it. And plus, that's also seven books, so, you know, that'll keep you busy for a while. Yeah, all good suggestions, and I will be working on them. Okay, and uh, that's the Community Corner. If you wish to com- uh, to contribute, if you've survived this long without a Sherpa, uh, you could send your emails to vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us vglpodcast on Twitter. Yep, uh, and as for, uh, we're going to skip um, Discovery Q this week. In case you guys can't imagine why. Uh, so we're just going to go to the part where we plug our stuff and I'm going to make this short and sweet. Um, I have edited and rendered and everything like 20 episodes of, um, divinity, however many it is to get caught up. I got them all done and I've got to do the last couple episodes of life is strange. Cause I recorded the entire thing. There's no commentary or anything. It's just my playthrough. So if you want to spend like, 11 or 12 hours following the exact path that I did, go knock yourself out. Um, Watch David kill uh, Mr. Jefferson over and over and over again. I'm going to edit some of that out, I think. Uh, just because. No, yeah, probably not. Um, but, <clears throat> excuse me, so that's going to be on my YouTube channel. Those things, plus the podcast, and uh, yeah, that, all that stuff. Just It's going to be there for a while. There's many episodes to go through, so hooray content! And if you want to see that content on my YouTube channel, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist on the YouTubes. You'll find me. I'm the only gaming psychologist that there is. Uh, at least so the far. last time I checked. Um, uh, maybe you should uh, contact Luigi. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he has an inferiority complex at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter where I tweet about all kinds of random things from politics to moving to house stuff to games to psychology things. You can do so at JMA4707 on Twitter. The past few days it's been mostly gaming and and house-related stuff because the moving and life is strange, but you never know what you're going to find. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, which will be coming back as soon as we get moved and get everything set up, you can do so at twitch.tv. Slash Jr. Arthur four seven zero seven, and if you want to be friends with me on Steam, Jr. Arthur four seven zero seven. That's my username. I will accept all friend requests. And if you wish to let them know what episode you came from, assuming that you've survived this long, the passphrase for this week is wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> that's amazing. I had to throw Doctor Who in. What can I say? Plus, that's it's good. my. M- if it's not my favorite, it's one of my favorite uh, episodes of Doctor Who. 
And the right. passphrase again is wibbly wobbly tommy whammy. <laughs> Good job. All right. What's up for you? Uh, well, I'm bouncing back once again because, well, back issues prevent me from recording Halo properly. So I'm uh, back on schedule for the most part. Uh, for some reason, Divinity, I haven't been able to record for a while. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Tommy. That's all right. I'm mostly just throwing you under the bus. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, RimWorld somehow is still ongoing. I believe uh, the last episode that just went up uh, a couple hours ago has been a resurgence of malaria on like half the population. <laughs> oh, uh, RimWorld. You drink my medicine, so... Uh, and of course, I'm still playing Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, uh, Divinity is still on hiatus, probably for, I'd say, probably, what, two, three weeks, at least? Yeah, at least two weeks. Let's call it three, just to be safe. Okay. If it shows up early, great. Uh, and, well, the Sunday Sampler also didn't show this week, because Zeltrux is a steaming pile of shit, and I couldn't even get it to record. And I... Didn't feel like just sitting here with my cell phone recording my uh, computer screen. That, even though that does about fit the quality of this game. <laughs> uh, but you can find all that over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or you can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR, where uh, just before the podcast, I was ranting about, hey, look, a new Indiana Jones movie. Weren't they making a lot of jokes about him being too old for this shit in the last one? <laughs> and I also kind of want to start a pool on. What stupid CGI animal will they have uh, in the next Indiana Jones movie uh, to make a dumb joke? And I'm sorry, Shia LaBeouf is cheating, and I'm also taking him. <laughs> okay. See, I can also be funny at times. Oh, and no uh, Twitch stream, so... Uh, if you, once again, getting on to our outro, if you wish to contact us, uh, vglpodcast.gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or if you want to suggest uh, a, a game club game as well. Or that is also on the list, because we are still living in a dictatorship. Or you can just tweet all that over to VGL Podcast on Twitter. If you wish to p- help pay for this madness as we just make Podbean cry... <laughs> You can find us over at patreon.com slash VGL podcast. And if you're not watching or if you're not listening to this and you're watching us on YouTube, you find our RSS feed over at vglpodcast.podbeam.com. If you can get through the tiers or you can just go to iTunes or Google Play, assuming those feeds update. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin Lloyd. You can find his work at computech.com and also doobity doo will be there as well. But unfortunately, it's not in this episode. <laughs> That is correct, because we didn't do uh, Discovery Q. But if we, we did. did, his music would be rolling across my voice. Yeah, doobity doo is with the Discovery Q. Bye bye now. <laughs> what, I didn't screw you up enough this week? Nope. <laughs> bye bye. Hello, everyone. Now we are going to have a reading from Jim3535 about Life is Strange. This is a game that really surprised me and also snuck up on me. 
I originally picked it up based on ratings and recommendations, but it didn't seem like the type of game that I would like. I played through it when it was in the running for Game Club last time, but didn't have much in a way of expectations. The initial hooks for me were the time travel and photography theme. I tend to be a sucker for time travel shows as an amateur photographer. It also appealed to me. That is, aside from calling a steel aluminum tripod with a tilt pan head, a carbon fiber tripod with a ball head. I guess you can chalk that one up to a miscommunication between writers and the artists. The art style and lighting made the game look very good, despite it not having AAA graphics. I really liked the mix of hand-drawn elements with the fully 3D world. I really enjoyed the relaxed pace of the game. Very few scenes have time limits in them, and even then you can rewind. Exploring the world and listening to Max's internal monologues as you look at the different things was a nice way to add depth to the world. Story and characters that wouldn't otherwise be there. It worked a lot better than the typical journal or database entry systems that most games use. The thing that stood out the most about the game is the difficult choices the player has to make. They aren't just the typical good, bad, or pick who wins, loses type of thing that's common to games. They aren't even the Witcher style of pick between two bad options. Many of the choices in the game had unforeseeable consequences. Even though you can rewind within an area, the ultimate outcome of your choices often only becomes apparent much later in the game. They did a fantastic job of blending the choices you make in the story with how information about the characters revealed. Because your opinion of the characters can change dramatically over time, it can make you regret some decisions that seemed right in the moment. Usually in games, there might be one or two hard decisions where I have to stop and think about it, but this game was full of such decisions and I found it a really nice break from your typical game. Finally, I found the music in the game to be really good. It's not up front as a great soundtrack initially, but it ties scenes together and adds impact. Rather than just being background music, it was a key player along with the visuals and story.